That's gonna be a banger. It's definitely Emilio. That's good. <laughs> so I am. I am also recording on OBS as well. So we have video. So much recording happening. <laughs> so much. Yes. I'm glad you God. got that joke. <laughs> Fucking Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Emilio oh, Estevez. God. Oh, I love it. I love it. I swear to God, he is like. So if I had to rank my sheens, it would be, <laughs> it would be Emilio, Martin, and then. Charlie's way down there, like way down yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's he's in another continent. Like I respect his rock star level of drug use and um, eccentricity, but there's just something creepy about him. There's the oh yeah, like yeah. he has eaten humans before. Like he has had, <laughs> he's had. If human anyone flesh. has, it's been, it's Charlie. It's either Charlie or Army Hammer, apparently. Yeah, because like, <laughs> because where do you go after you have drank tiger blood? Where do you go after that? Well, and why would you claim it if you haven't done it? Prison, like, because that's very specific, right? Like, you have to either get a rabies shot now, or, or the only thing that's gonna like sate your hunger is the next step up, like the most dangerous game. He is for sure eating Man. humans. Like, you look at Emilio yeah. Estevez, like that dude's done drugs, like he's fucking partied, but I hardly doubt he has consumed human flesh. <laughs> Which is, as we know, the bar- barometer for what makes you acceptable in social circles. At least, Accurate. Yeah. Accurate. At least my social circle. Has he eaten people? Yeah. Okay, we he don't can know hang. What went down on the side of the outsiders? All right. Right. No, yeah. Could that's have been true. some nonsense. Like, <laughs> I'm a generally open person, and I'll take anyone into my circle. But that's the fucking bar, man. You start eating people, then we have a fucking problem. It, right. If yeah. I go on the menu, then it's it's a whole different thing. Right. Like I no, I don't need you know. I've got I've got some meat on this thigh, but that stays on my thigh. That is not going on the, on the fifth. <laughs> that course. is my thigh meat. Thank You're you. You're damn straight. Exactly. I'm using it. <laughs> You're damn straight. Uh, Gotta get those games, my dude. Dude, how did we get to this point already? I'm so I'm so happy that like. <laughs> We're, we're this far into it and it's you know it's the best when you you can't remember where where you came from and how you got here i love it exactly. i love it you know it's been a good time i love it this is exactly what i was looking forward to because i came into this like thinking yeah we're probably going to get into some serious conversation and we very well might but i was also Absolutely. consumed with the thought of like like this is going to go off the rails within the first 20 minutes and it, uh, we beat the record. You're fucking <laughs> right, we did. Oh my god, it's it's funny because like as you know, Brad and I have been doing this for four years next month, right? And the deeper we get into this shit, like the less of a cohesive structure any of this has. Like at some point, this is going to devolve into us basically like being Joe Rogan without the red pilling, or <laughs> y- you know, without entertaining. Turn the freaking frog. Yeah, you know, or like gonna, you're going to be memed. Or like or like. Well, I knew. I know. I know who both of those butts are yeah i mean because you couldn't you couldn't pay me to speak to jordan peterson you could not pay me to speak <laughs> no. to that man like i would just death stare him and then just okay like i would just interrupt him in mid-sentence and say you're a dick and just, just do that <laughs> over and over again just let never let him finish a sentence exactly god what a... his book is one of the most best-selling books we have in the store that's fr- and that's... i don't understand why it's frightening People eat crap if you tell him it's cake mm-hmm. that's just you know or tell them it's cake and it ends up being something else. Wow. Exactly. Or, I mean, 
film, it's something else, and it ends up being cake. Oh, yeah. You hate those videos. I do. <laughs> I, exactly. It, yeah, <laughs> they lie to me. I love cake, and they just lie to me. It's it makes just, you viscerally angry. <laughs> I care about my cake. Oh, you mean the ones Man. where it's like it looks like a cinder block, and then someone cuts into yeah. it? Yes. Because it's so wasteful. It's I mean, so it's I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the ones that look like babies. Oh, <laughs> yes. Those are nice. Because those are horrific at the same time. I know. I hate, I hate all of it. I, it's such a waste of cake. It's just, it's such a lie. I, it's, it's built on lies and deception, and I'll have none of it. See, none of it. Waste of cake is the B-side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> waste of exactly. <laughs> you're fucking waste of cake opening for butt cream this this, uh, this summer you joke but i there's like a 72 percent chance that when we're done with this i'm busting the guitar out and i will have the album done by tonight oh yeah dude you're lucky my bass isn't here. I'll, I'll do guest licks for for butt cream oh let's do it that's it it's happening now it's happening now we are doing an it album we are doing an album. You and can't put that kind of madness yes. out and not expect it to actualize. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when, I have manifestation powers, but only the weirdest stuff. Yep. Then if it's not the weirdest stuff, then what is the point in living? Like, okay? Exactly. Like, I, I love I, I love the reclamation of the, weir- of the word weird. I love that. Because, like, growing up, weird was an insult. They were like, yeah, the weird kid, eh. And, like, it was made to feel you, like, make you feel ostracized and outside. But, like, getting older, the more I'm like, fuck it, no, I'm a weirdo and I'm going to embrace it. And I then, yes. and then we find other weirdos. And it just becomes this giant goopy ball of weird fun. <laughs> I love it. The movie Society. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see, you see it across the board. It, you know, weird, nerd, geek, like, and I mean, so many, so many things have kind of, kind of gone topsy turvy mm-hmm. with what used to be an insult. I, I, you know, the ownership is the big deal. It's like, you know, we we give it a negative connotation, or we did, you know, growing up. But in reality, it's only as negative as we make it. It's okay to be weird. It, it's actually more interesting and attractive because it, you know, if everything just fits in line. I mean. You know, you, you, you just have no uniqueness. You're absolutely right. Um, You're absolutely right. Being, being weird, you know, we should all accept that. Absolutely. You're damn right. Stay weird, never fit in. That's that's my motto. There you go. Because That's the goal. You know, and it, that's, it actually it does relate back to music. It does relate back to music in hey, a weird way. Hey, see, we, we managed <laughs> to reel it in. We managed to do it. We reeled the A measure in. of responsibility. <laughs> a skosh, a sousson of responsibility. Um <laughs> So it does relate back to music because, you know, uh, around my teenage years, that's when I really dived into music in a big, bad way. And that was one of the f- that was another instance of like finding my tribe when I connected with a bunch of other weirdos that were into this intense, like intense music that makes other people uncomfortable. Um mm. It, it, it was it was finding your tribe. Like, I mean, my best friend who I've known since I was 13, um, you know, the, the, my other best friend who I've known since I was 15, the guys that I was in a band with for all those years, you know, that was my tribe. And then going to like going to a show, right? Going to a big show like you are surrounded by other weirdos that think that this mm-hmm. cacophonous like deluge of sonic fuck you is awesome. Right. Like and it, I don't know. That's kind of the going back to that reclamation, you know, when you go to a big space like that and you see other people that are vibing on the same thing as you, you're like, oh, cool. No, maybe being weird isn't so fucking bad. Maybe it's something I can lean into. You know, how else do you survive a guar show without leaning into the weird shit? (laughs) Right. That's a great point. You, You never just wander in and come out the same way at a guar show. No, 
No. No. So you joined the band. But <laughs> Oh yeah. No, but that yeah, that's absolutely what it it's it's the same thing and and, the, and it's um you know, you, you use the the best descriptor I think for it is it, it makes people uncomfortable. And and that's what weird is. That's what all of those negative descriptors are is it's just a way to label this makes me feel uncomfortable. Stop doing that. Right. And when you start to realize that you don't have to take responsibility for other people's discomfort or comfort in that manner, mm-hmm. like it, it's so freeing and it, it opens up the possibilities to be more you than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even something as simple, like I, if I remember back to my teenage years, even something as simple as wearing a band t-shirt was right. Almost like wearing... That you actually listen to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God, dude. Do not get me started with all the teenagers that come in <sighs> sublime shirts. And I'm just like, I don't get... I just don't get it. I just... I couldn't understand repping something you don't identify with. So, here's where I struggle with this, right? Because, on one hand, I don't want to be a gatekeeper within metal. Because it's for everybody, right? You want, If you vibe on Slayer, cool. We're going to vibe on Slayer together, right? So, I don't want to be a gatekeeper. <laughs> But at the same time, I, I, I can smell bullshit a mile away. And when I see <laughs> when I see a Kardashian wearing a fucking Slayer t-shirt, I'm like, you have never listened to Hella Waits once in your life. Like, right. And I'm like, okay, because like, again, for me, wearing a band t-shirt is like planting a flag. It's, it's, yeah. it's the loudest way possible aside from carrying a fucking boombox on my shoulders to say, this is the stuff that I identify with. This is part of who I am, you know? And when I was younger wearing that band t-shirt, you know, everyone's like, even when I was a teenager, it's like, I oh, still the weird guy. He's the metal head. He's the, or goth kid as they called me when I'm like, yeah, I'm not wearing it. <laughs> I'm like, come we on, dude. There's, there's together for that weird part of history. There's a difference between a, a, a metal head and a goth. Okay. There's very, very distinct differences. There's overlap for sure, but there's some distinct differences stylistically. Oh, yeah, same with sure. emo and punk and, and all of, all Correct. of that family. Correct. You know, but even then it was like that bad. It was like that badge of honor being like, you know, you can't hurt mm-hmm. me when I'm wearing this, this Slayer shirt, you can't touch me because you know, it, it, the music itself makes you feel powerful, but being able to rep it and to say, this is who I am makes you feel even more powerful. You know, which is well uh, well it comes from a place where i mean you care about it Mm -hmm. like that's the that's the like you can the the scary part of gatekeeping is you can understand it to a point oh sure you can understand why if someone's like i love star wars well oh great my favorite character's thrawn who's that what movie are they in and it's just like i can understand how that rock your world being if that's your favorite character. Right. Mm-hmm. Same with bands where it's just like, if you're just wearing the label, uh, you know, if you're just repping whoever and whatever, just because that's what you picked out today and you don't actually get, especially the meaning of some songs mm-hmm. um, and, and the importance that can hold mm-hmm. for someone. Yeah. That, that's kind of, that kind of sucks. Right. Um, I've always been way more forgiving of like, if you, if you're wearing band art, uh, like one of my favorite bands is Trivium. Almost none of their shirts look like Trivium shirts. They're just art pieces, essentially. Right. They're beautiful. And and so I can see someone who is goth or just into uh, you know interesting art, dark art and stuff like that. I can see you wearing that and never listen to them. Right. Cool. But if you're just wearing a shirt that just says Trivium across the top, nothing else. I expect you to listen to them. You're not like, wrong. You know? You're not wrong. And there's, a, there's, a, I don't know, for me, it's like a level of disrespect. 
and I know that sounds extreme. I know that's leaning into an extreme kind of thing. But the if you're wearing, say, a, a Slayer shirt to be edgy because you think it's edgy, like, mm. maybe, but that band means something to people, right? right? Like, there's a reason that people will show up to a Slayer show and they will heckle the absolute fuck out of the opening band because they are not Slayer, you know? <laughs> it's like going right. to see Iron Maiden. No one goes for the opening band because it's not Iron Maiden, you know? Right. It means something to people, and when you're when you're trying yeah. to be edgy about it, it's like that's like me wearing a, a Tupac shirt without even appreciating who he was as an artist or it, what he put out into the world. But just or an be- yeah, just because it looks cool, like uh, mm, jerk off with that one. Well, yeah, it, it reduces everything you build your identity on to a label, right? You know, again, because for me, and and that's what I, I was recently having this conversation with someone because uh, we were relating on music, and I was like, "Oh, this reminds me of this song, but I don't think you'll like it." And they're like, "What? What's that supposed to mean?" I was like, "Well, it's a metal song, but it's it's the same meaning behind it." Right. Um, and but they they wanted to they wanted to listen, and eventually they started to get when I was you know talking through the lyrics and everything. They were like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing! This means so much! This is." This is exactly what I was just trying to describe. Right. And it's it's just like I could go on and on about songs like that with people, about what it means and what it means to me. Absolutely. So, yeah, have, having that, like, honey, I shrunk the kids to, oh, uh, a lifestyle <laughs> of, of uh, edge and, and fitting in. Like, right. That, that, you know, I think I think the, the emotion emotional response to that is because like i'm more than a metal head like i'm more than right. just a dude that listens to metal i listen to what i listen to because it means something correct correct i'm right there with you i'm right there with you and it's but having said all this right like if if someone is interested in a band on a shirt like if you're if you're interested and you want to dive into it then hell yeah come on bo- come aboard Come aboard. That's part of the that's part of the flag planting is like this gives you free reign. Talk I mean like that's why we wear Star Wars like you know Same like, principle. It's, it's, yeah. We promote like talk to me. Exactly. <laughs> I will absolutely tell that teenage girl wearing a Nirvana shirt where she should start listening to Nirvana. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, exactly. Ah uh, yeah. I mean it all smells like teen spirit. <laughs> I mean exactly. Like I mean <laughs> like it, that's the thing. Like as a community, I want more people in because when these communities grow and more and different types of people get into them, it makes it better. Like that's the mm-hmm. flaw in the gatekeeping thought process. Because as much as we can relate to it, and we absolutely can, because we want to be protective of this thing because it it matters. As yeah. much as we can relate to it, the flaw in it is that they think that if it expands, it fundamentally becomes worse. And it's not that it fundamentally becomes worse. It's just that you lose less control over it. You now have to yeah. share spaces of it. Um, it, it. You know, it. It's like when a. It's like when an underground band blows up. Right? There's always backlash. Oh, Fucking yeah. always. Like I remember when people were like, "Fuck the casualties," because they had uh, they had the audacity to sell one of their songs to an Oreo commercial so they could I don't know eat. Um, right. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, just recently, Avenged Sevenfold started getting into NFTs. Mm-hmm. You know, like this these digital things that you can reward people. I don't even properly understand it, but basically, no, I mean, no. it's just like they they did the sweepstake for a uh, uh, Death Bat NFT, um, and I mean the the divide of people that were just like, oh wow, you really sold out, and it's just like it, 
what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like because they're doing business? Exactly. It's like, what do you expect from these guys? Like, what do yeah. you expect for them? Do you expect for them to not make any profit off of their art? You want them to just be starving artists so they, what, keep their edge? Like, like dude, I've been around touring bands. I have played shows with them. I have talked to them. And let me tell you right now, the one thing that will drive a band out of this racket is when they are on fumes in this beat-up Chevy Express with a tow hitch that's held together with duct tape and a dream, and the drummer's rifling through the back seat trying to find a couple more nickels so they can all afford a sandwich. Like, mm -hmm. that will drive bands out of this stuff. So, and look, let's be real about the music industry. They're not making money off record sales, okay? No one's putting out a black album again. It's not happening. <laughs> um so these bands, they have to make money on the road. They have to make money through merchandise. They have to do this. They have to do that. They got to diversify. Like, Trivium's a great example, man. Like, what did, oh, dude, what did yeah. Matt Heafy do? He fucking twitched, stream twitching. You know, he's doing online yeah. streaming. and. They, well, I mean, he, they did a whole... I mean, when their tour got canceled last year in the heat of COVID, mm -hmm. they, they basically were like, all right, we're going to do a day-long stream free for... Well, I think it was like $5 or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was, I mean, it was free by concert standards. And I mean, like they were just basically like, all right, well, we're going to give it out to everybody. Right. It's just like, and that and Twitch was his, his platform for that because that, I mean, he just, he started doing that because really it was, he started because he wanted to work on acoustic. Like he wanted to work on things he wasn't good at, which for me is unbelievable. No. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and then it blew up into this whole thing uh, because he realized that, oh, this is interesting to people. This works for people. And this helps me connect with my fans, which is. For for him, he's very honest. Is a big part of what he does, what he why he does what he does. Sure, I mean, so, absolutely, you have to engage with your fan base. You absolutely have to because the, the, those are the people that show up to the shows and you know pay your bills, man. Like those are the guys that buy that new tour shirt for twenty five fucking dollars. Um, yeah, well, because I mean, they do it because they care. Like you're always going to get those people that are just doing it for entertainment. Sure, like you, I just like your music. I just want you to. I just want the experience and everything. Like sure. That, which are the people that are just like perform, perform, perform. Don't don't move out of this box because I just want you to fit this. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen it work with so many bands where when they put the fans forward and when when they when they realize that all right, well if we interact with these people and if we listen to why our music's important to them, then they'll go to the ends of the earth for us. I mean, you oh, can sure. almost say it's extortion, but I yeah. mean, it, it, it's the way it works with anything. If you're kind to someone, they're going to be kind to you. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes we just put a wallet to that. Like, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a sliding scale. You either get Matt Heavey or you get Glenn Danzig from the Misfits. God, berated. <sighs> but, and as, as you mentioned, like just uh, hard off bands, I think of like many of the, the like the, the punk bands, like, cause that's your kind of niche thing. Is yeah. Punk. I, I do, I've discovered a love for punk in the last year, and it, like, it has absolutely opened my brain in a way that I never thought possible <laughs> to the new music genre. Um, I, I do, like, four or five songs by The Misfits, oh, yeah. but everything else I just, I, I can't vibe with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but, like, that's punk in general, like, because I was late, yeah. I was late to the party with punk, too. I was late to the party yeah. with it, and it it took a couple of steps for me to get there. Um, you know, like I think my first dip into it was of course, some of the Metallica covers cause they covered, um, uh, the misfits, they covered Ramones and they covered, uh, what's the fucking band that did. So what I can't remember. Um, 
that was kind of like the dip in the toe into the water. Then Superjoint Ritual was another band mm-hmm. that was kind of a bridge between the metal and the punk. And then it was the Exploited and the Casualties and Black Flag, um, the Damned. Um, the Black Flag's amazing because oh, I've always I've <laughs> I've always been into Henry Rollins. Like I've always been into Henry mm-hmm. Rollins. Um, Understandable. Yeah, like literally, I've been to so many of his spoken word shows. Like I've I've lost me- muscle mass on my ass because of that guy. Um, <laughs> And it, but like the, when I got into punk, it was different because there's an energy to it, man. There's just a, like, I think Rollins does describe it best. It's like fuck on the floor and break shit, right? Like, that's, that's most of it. Like, yeah. I feel like, like you said, it, it can be so abrasive that people don't really want to get into that Mm -hmm. because the fans do kind of ruin it for some people. Oh, sure. I understand that completely. Sure. Um, but that's mostly because, you know, there are bands that use Nazi imagery yeah. as an ironic thing. And sometimes you get real Nazis out of that. Sorry. Sorry, dead Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, no. sometimes, you know, you, you, you make a Sith Lord and come to realize that a lot of people sympathize with him yeah. for some reason. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> all right. You have a song called California Uberalis. You might attract some Nazis. Yeah. Which is a bop. Well, I love that. But it's also like, you know, it's funny because punk was actually my bridge into black metal, right? Because my original thing with punk and my, my hesitancy with diving into it was from a guitar perspective. At the time, I was into like... If it's not really complicated, if it's not making my left hand like seize up, then eh, I don't want anything to do with it. And punk is <laughs> rudimentary, right? Because it's it's not about the the perfection of the instrument, it's about the intention of the instrument, right? That's why you have that's why you have someone like Johnny Ramone who does not like alternate pick anything. He's just slamming on the guitar strings. Or even Lemmy like Lemmy from Motorhead, mm-hmm. very punk in the way he played bass. He's just he's just hammering on that fucking thing. When I you want an, a fantastic uh, band that is so good at instrumental instrumentalism instrumentalists. Close enough. They're they're great at playing their instruments. <laughs> um, I started listening to the Cramps they do the diddly. Okay. recently, which is a horror rockabilly band. Which a bunch of people probably already know about them. Sold. But I discovered them. A few months ago, and I have just been nonstop listening to them. Yeah, sold, sold. Um, yeah. That that was kind of my thing with the Misfits. Is like it's the Misfits are always part of my Halloween playlist, always. Because um, you know you got to have skulls, you got to have Halloween, you got to have Night of the Living Dead in there, you got to have uh, I turned into a Martian. I mean, come on. Um, but punk being the bridge into black metal was like with black metal. I just there was just something about it where again it was a little more rudimentary on the instrument side. And I didn't understand the intent. And it wasn't until my best friend said, dude, listen to it like punk, right? Listen to it the same way you'd listen to punk. And I did. And I went back to like Dark Throne, one of the first Norwegian black metal bands. And I dived into their first couple of records. And it, it's punk. It's just, it's not played in a major scale. It's played in a minor scale. It, it's the same production value, which is like two microphones in a garage. Um, As it should be. Right. Like the guitars, <laughs> the guitars are nothing but mid-range. It's all tinny and... But the intention is the same. It's it's about the statement. It's not about the instrumentation. It's about the statement. And with black metal, of course, it was like, you know, fuck the church. Um, especially with the Norwegian. I re- I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I really didn't realize how similar grounds they were. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Punks, fuck the system. And Norwegian black metal is like, fuck the church. 
Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because we we listened to a podcast about uh, black metal. I don't think it was Nor- was it Norwegian. Yeah, it was Norwegian black metal. Uh, I forget the band name. I might be able but, to help you out. Uh, Varg Vikernes. Oh, from Burzum. Uh, he. That's the one. Yep. Yeah, we listened to a podcast like breaking down like their history and also like all, all that stuff. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it was a it was a true crime podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it it was very interesting. Yep. They, uh, for sure. Yeah, they they tread the same ground because they both lived the experience, right? Like the early punk bands, like like Black Flag. Black Flag is a good example. Mm-hmm. They didn't just sing about the lifestyle; they fucking lived the lifestyle. Like they had cops harassing them. They had cops break up their shows. They got beaten up by cops before. Like they lived broke. Like they lived desperate. Like. Mm-hmm. And then the black metal bands, it wasn't just about singing fuck the church. Like, no, they burnt churches down. And then, like... Yeah, literally. Yeah. And, then, and, then, like, <laughs> and then there was, like, murder with the band Mayhem. Like, one of the members murdered the other members. Like, they lived it. And that's that's the challenging thing as a listener. Because, like, me, I have no intention of murder, murdering my friends to be true. Right? Like... That I, we know of. Well, I mean, he, this, this, guy, this guy over here... Uh, yeah, there you go. He's on thin ice. Yeah, he's on thin ice. <laughs> what the hell have I done? Existed. That's what you that's, did? That's fair. That's all some people have to do, honestly. <laughs> but, like, we've had minimal contact. You've had break from me. Yeah, thanks. thank you, pandemic. It's been lovely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I haven't been a total no, nightmare. No, I actually have enjoyed the phone calls that you and your wife give me every once in a while. I enjoy those. I enjoy oh, those. Oh, God. Yeah, it's nice to chat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but... Yeah. It's nice to be seen. There are other humans out I mean, there. Yeah, but I don't want to meet them. I, I don't want to meet them. I, no. Technically. No, I prefer to keep my circle tight. Well, but you've already met this one. That's true. That's true. That's true. You did climb the wall. You did. Cheers to you, buddy. Yeah. Um, I would like That's to... That's the ones you got to keep around. <laughs> exactly. I less climbed it. I more like Captain Carter did and just like put the shield in front of me and ran. <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to get real weird here. I'm going to get real weird here. This is a... This is a two-second warning, but Captain Carter, Captain Carter? step on my throat. <sighs> I would love to have been a Hydra agent receiving one of them yeah. high kicks. Yeah. Watch that yeah. extension. She, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. They knew exactly yeah. what they were doing. If she impaled... Oh, you like a hot Captain America? How about now? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If she impaled me on the shield, I would say, thank you, ma'am. May I have another? <laughs> that is Britain's ass right, right there. right, that is. You know, <laughs> I... I you know, I did. I, I so dig the concept of Captain Carter, but and look, the episode is great. The writing is great. Marvel doesn't miss. But this is again a testament to how fucking weird I am. I can't get it out of my head of of Captain Carter just wrecking Steve's hips when he's that tiny, like pulverizing it to dust. You know, I thought it was cool. <laughs> yes, def- exactly. Like I made that same reference yesterday when I talked to him when we were talking about Captain Carter. Exactly. He's um, like, full, like Steve is full on Zap Brannigan. Just the mind is willing, but the body is yeah. soft and spongy. <laughs> um, I love the fact that they kept Steve included with uh, Shield and that he was the first Iron Great. Man. That was a good. And that he was the Hydra Stomper. <laughs> that's such a better name. Like that's. That's what Antifa needs to do. They need to rebrand entirely and just call themselves Hydra Stompers. I'm tiny and sickly. I'll fit in one of the, the suits. Hell yeah. Anyone can Hell be yeah. Iron Man. Yes. I can be Iron Man. I mean, 
I, I don't weird. trust myself to operate that thing safely at all. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, no, I can barely drive a stick shift. Right. You, you, it's the same concept as owning a lightsaber. Like, Yeah, Kev, Kevin drives like an 80-year-old Oh, you mean woman. safely? It's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what that is. No, like, slowly. I drive the speed limit, sir. It's We live in Texas, and uh... people look at speed limits as speed suggestions. And they also don't know how to use yields at all. No, no one in San Antonio knows. Or turn signals. Turn signals is another one. Um, what else? Uh, well, I mean, driving in San Antonio is a uh, a Mario Kart-esque um, nightmare in which you have to negotiate people that do not understand what a yield sign is, uh, don't know what... I would go less Mario Kart. Mario Kart's too cute. I would say more. No, no, Death no. Race. It's Mario Kart. You know why? Because of the fucking level, mm. like the fucking level of debris that is on our roads. Like in any given stretch of road, you will dodge a tire, a ladder, probably. Have you not seen Death Race? No. Is it a Jason? Is, is it a Jason Statham movie? Because oh, I have God. a I have a standing rule with Jason no. Statham movies. What is the standing rule? Only. Jason yeah, Jason Statham only was in, in the, the first Expendables. One. That's it. Well, you're missing out on Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, my friend. And Snatch. Yeah. Mm. It's a good movie. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. You have, uh, what's-his-face? Handsome McHandsome face. Uh, doing a really bad Irish accent. <laughs> handsome McHandsome? Uh, Russell Crowe? He is handsome. No, not Russell Crowe. Uh, he um, was married to Jennifer Aniston. Brad Pitt? What's-his-face? That's the one. Oh, yeah. 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 Brad... Uh, Mr. Really Invisible? <laughs> Brad Pitt is... Um, a vampire like yes, yes. nobody <laughs> needs to age like half a hollywood nobody is needs to dude. age that gracefully what the fuck like every day i get deeper crow's feet like every day i am descending closer to crypt keeper and no you know what watch oceans 11 is 11 is oceans 11 the first one i don't yeah yes. i don't know no yeah watch oceans 11 he is a boy he is a boy it is Fucking like, scary. <laughs> I, and I, I like me it's some Brad. I like me some Brad Pitt. Like Inglorious Bastards is like, brilliant. God. Oh yes. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven looks younger than I look right the, now. Yeah. Well. And you got that's how fucked that is. Like, if I shave, if he's shaved, I do, yes. But, I mean, I don't want. But my wife, my wife. That's won't a good let me idea. The beard. <laughs> Not since I've shaved. That's a, it's a good thing that you can't shave. That's a good thing because you would immediately finish off the Uncle Fester routine. That is true. And, if, and you have to marry a trophy wife. Exactly. Oh, do, uh, I already did. Oh, noise. Oh, noise. My oh, I know. I'm telling you, Brad and I are are absolute proof that incels are not a fucking thing. Like, incels. You don't have to look pretty. You just like have to no, be no. Funny. If you if you classify yourself as an involuntary celibate, like you're not an involuntary celibate. <laughs> you're a dick. Like maybe adjust your fucking personality, guy. Because like exactly. It, it, it was, again, I'm reaching into the Henry Rollins bag because I was at a show and he had this whole bit about, like, I'm going to make you feel really good today. I'm going to make you feel really good. Somebody saw you walking on the street today and thought, hmm, I want me a piece of that. And it's true. Statistically speaking, that is an absolute certainty. Someone encountered you today that thought, I want to climb that like a tree. And, like, it, that's... I have se I have sexual harassment stories from Jiffy Lou to prove true. that point. True. We can swap those stories. Yeah. Barnes and Noble is a beautiful place to work. Oh god. That'd be a scary place to get hit on because like because <laughs> it, like wouldn't it depend on like what 
like what section of the story you're in, what someone is looking at when they hit on you. Like you want, you don't really want someone like hitting on you with murder mysteries that they're looking at. Like that's not a good, that's not a good look. I always hit up the manga and the D and D section. That's the place where it happens. Wow. All the time. Really? Like it, yeah. I learned. I can the see that. Sci-fi section. We're a bunch of freaks. Mm-hmm. And that's where. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I know no peace when I am in those sections. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny because I am uh I am trying to be more aware of what it's like to be a woman in society, right? And because, like, I'm not the type of guy that stares at people or says untoward things or even wants to bother people because, like, I I get uncomfortable when I'm bothered, so I don't do the same thing. But I have to accept, I have to, like, wrap my head around the fact, like, no, that happens. Like, people will just, like, women will just be going through their day and then they have to deal with some asshole Mm -hmm. who thinks they want their attention, right? never do like and unless you were like i don't know she raw no one wants your attention right no and i and like how i i don't even i don't even bother employees because i don't like, want to bother dude, them and we appreciate that yeah like let me i'm just looking don't i like i'm not bothering employees i'm just looking i, I don't need like, help it's good. It's even to the point where, like, if I have a situation where I have to walk behind a woman and she's walking by herself and I have to walk, like, we're walking into the same breezeway and I got to go knock on this door, I will purposefully keep looking down just in case she looks back and notices I'm not staring at you. Like, I'm not interested in you whatsoever. You go about your day, nice human being. You know, it's to that point because I have, I've come to accept, like, no, this happens. They And literally, my wife was in Vegas for a full week. Dudes were hitting on her. And only because I wasn't standing next to her. Yeah, gotta use those scary dog privileges. Yeah, well, there's, there's a there's a pro and a con list to being quasi-muscular. It, is that you're big enough to dissuade any shenanigans, but then you're also expected to help everyone lift heavy things. Um, which I feel is kind of unfair. Okay but see, I'm not even quasi... <laughs> I'm not even quasi-muscular and I have to do it's that. Like, well, it's, well, you're kind of in the... You sit in a nice space between, like, dude who is muscular and dude who owns a truck. You're kind of both, you know? You're a skull can away from owning a truck. Yeah. No. <laughs> I did. I owned a truck for a few years. It just was a beater. Every uh, car you've owned is a beater. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. You... you I think you enjoy it at this point. You like the challenge. Like... Like you're, you're okay. I, I know you haven't read the High Republic at all. I know you haven't read it at all. Yeah. Wait, how far along are you? I want to make sure that before I make this joke. Dude, I am halfway through uh, Light of the Jedi. Okay, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then I can't make the joke because I don't want to spoil anything. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, damn. You can whisper it in Brad's ear. It wasn't gonna be a great joke anyway. None of them are. I'm. I'm not. Oh, come on. I am not that clever. I am not that clever. You're very funny, Kevin. Ugh. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I was literally accused today of being... I was literally accused today of being a Debbie Downer. Literally, today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Debbie Downer, I'd say. It's, it's funny because, like, we were... They were... My wife and her friend were joking, and I just... And, like, they were talking about the, the pandemic here in San Antonio, which is going great, by the way. Um... And I made a, a, a comment about something that I read, and they're like, geez, Debbie. And like, I'm like, wow, that was, an, that was an actual SNL Debbie Downer situation, and I supplied. So, so if you're a Debbie Downer, does that make 
Eric, your bummer drummer? He's always been my bummer drummer. As long as you don't have a racist basis. No. No. Um, we didn't. It, we went with my. Muff would be the closest, but he's not the He bassist. was in our first band. He was in our first band. Yeah, oh, when we were. There you when, go. Muff is your when racist basis. We were in bassist. high school. This guy, literally, he picked up the bass in middle school. And it was because we were starting our first band, like us 13 year olds, right? And he was already kind of playing guitar a little bit. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, well, we need a bassist. Why don't you get a bass? And he did. Like, the dude did. And then within, like, the first month, he was playing Anesthesia, Pulling Teeth by Metallica, the Cliff Burton solo, right? This guy was a natural bassist. Oh, that makes me feel bad. Well, it, it had a downside, right? It had a downside because in our first band in high school, he wrote a lot of the material, um, and he was very, very good. The problem was when he would present me with the material to translate to guitar, he'd be like, okay, this note's a power chord, this one's a diminished fifth, and this one's are single notes. And I'm like, um, go fuck yourself, maybe? Um, like, and to the credit, to his credit, we wrote some really good stuff musically, like really good stuff. Um, but it was a bitch and a half to play. It was a bitch and a half. Like I'm on stage and all I wanted to do was thrash and headbang, but I'm like looking at the neck cause I'm doing this fucking super complicated fucking spider finger thing. Um, it sounded great, but it was really hard to play live. Now, when we, when we started our other band, the hippie kill team, it, that was a punk rock band. That was a punk rock band. And it was, it was all about like just the intention and it wasn't about the musicality and we did the only bass player we had was our friend jesse and again another guy who was frustrating as a musician because he could pick up any stringed instrument and just play it um i know right i know right like i'm sitting over here like a caveman just hammering on shit and i've got this like virtuoso next to me throwing these awesome bass lines over just me hammering a power chord that's all i'm doing it was um i'll be right back i gotta go take care of something i'll explain (laughs) go for it back um it was funny because we didn't have, but when we, the majority of our live shows, we didn't have a bass player. Um, so at that point, like at one point, I remember we did a show and we literally just took the bass and we put it in a garbage can and that was on stage left. <laughs> That's fine. Like I understand completely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to the point where I even tracked all the bass stuff when we did any of recordings and it was just, it's just me just ha- following along. I, I was not putting any flavor to it whatsoever. I was doing no justice to that instrument. And that's the essence of punk, honestly, is it's not about talent. True. It's about just going. Like, that... I listened to a podcast about um, music. It's called No Dogs in Space. Mm-hmm. And they've been going through a series on punk and uh, the history of it. You know, all of these shows at CBGB's in New York and uh, Max's Kansas City and how nobody knew what they were doing. Yeah. And that is the most justifying and comforting thing for me as, you know, I'm not a musician. I I play a bass. Right. Sometimes. I I like I play bass because I like playing bass. And it to hear about, you know, Captain Sensible from the damned just picking up a bass and now he's the bassist mm-hmm. even though he has no clue what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly comforting. Absolutely. Uh, because I I've always been like not super jazzed about my musical talent but you know it makes you feel good when you know you're not the only one who sucks. well yeah i mean like me as a guitar player i was never i was competent i was competent mm-hmm. I, I could the i could pick up anything i could learn anything if you showed me how to play it i could play it um but 
and, and it served me well as like a metal guitar player. It did serve me well. Um, one of the things that I did cultivate was a pretty wicked right hand. Like I, I it's pretty fucking wicked. Um, mostly because I started learning like Metallica songs and that was like my first, uh, foray into trying to learn guitar. And then, um, fear factory, iced earth was another one. Uh, but when we came, when it came to doing the hippie kill team stuff, it was because it started out as a punk band. It evolved a little bit from there. We started to interject more of the metal into it because it, it went from like, we want to do a punk band because our metal band at the time was so draining in terms of like the mental acuity we needed to write those songs. It was so refreshing just to be like, we're going to play three fucking chords and repeat that four times. And that's the song. Um, and it did evolve from that. It evolved from that to like a little more thought putting into the, the song structure and stuff like that. But it, it was, it was more like we had committed ourselves to f- the musical freedom to do anything we wanted. So there are some songs that are straight thrash metal, some songs that are like slower, doomier stuff. Then we've got punk stuff that's still in there. It death metal. The last record, it ends with a death metal song. Um, It's, I don't know. I I literally lost where I was going with that. Thank you, marijuana. But you know, (laughs) Oh, right, right. Got it. Got it. Pulled it from the ether. Um, As a guitar player, it was more about, what I've evolved from is like, because yeah, when you start out, you want to be impressive, right? Like you want to fucking blow people away. Um, You know, I remember the first time I learned the solo for the opening solo to fade the black. I was like, I are musician now. Um, (laughs) But it's evolved since then to where like, I just like writing songs. I just like Mm -hmm. putting things together that elicit a reaction. Um, And my songwriting process is very, very linked into like how I feel at the moment. Because I don't, I do, I did not learn my instrument by any actual means. Like I, I didn't take lessons. I didn't. I don't know theory to save my ass. I don't even know what note I'm playing. Um, everything is by feel, right? So even writing songs, it's like what feels right. Like when we would be in the jam room and we're just bouncing ideas, it's just like what feels good, you know. Um, th- I became more comfortable with my my ability as a guitar player. And even now I still classify my classify myself as I'm just a caveman. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a, a hybrid between James Hetfield and Johnny Ramone. Like it's somewhere around there. Um, but I'm not nearly as talented as James Hetfield. He is the reason I play guitar, but I couldn't hold a candle to him on my best day. Oh, heck yes. I mean, like speaking of inspirations, my, I picked up a bass after listening to, I think it was Dookie. Uh, the Green Day album, mm-hmm. not, you know, literal. Um, and hearing Mike Durant's bass line for Longview, mm-hmm. that blew my mind. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. I still can't, but, like, it's such an insane bass line, and it's so much fun to listen to. Absolutely. Like, I, I love Green Day for so many different reasons, but they are so talented uh, just in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I had a very similar moment. The thing that I can tell you the exact moment I knew I wanted to pick up a guitar. I can tell you the exact moment. Um, I was watching a VHS copy of Metallica S&M, the concert they did with the San Francisco Symphony. And there's a short frame during Master of Puppets, a very short frame. And it's, the camera is looking up at Hetfield, and he's playing the spider riff. da 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 
And the camera angle and the way, the way he played, it's like he looked like a god. Like a god had descended from the <laughs> heavens and graced us with the most metal riff ever. And it was in that moment I was like, I, I need to do that. I need to do that. <laughs> to this day, if I pick up the guitar right now, that's one of the riffs I play to get warm, is that riff from Master mm-hmm. of Puppets. Like, Metal- I mean, literally, Metallica, I've got the, I've the, this tattoo there. That's the, the pick they used on the 2004 World Tour when I saw them for the first time. It's the only tattoo I have that has anything to do with any bands I listen to. Um, they can do no wrong. No wrong to me. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, I, that's, that's one of my, my riffs. Like, and, and a great few... And yes, my voice is just miraculously returned 15 minutes later. It's it's fine. It's <laughs> it, it's podcasting. It's podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah, Master of Puppets, um, uh, Unforgiven, Sad but True. I mean, like those are ones. Even and I, I play I play guitar for church, and that's what I'll warm up with at church. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's really <laughs> funny when like I'm just standing next to him waiting for us to start and then all of a sudden I hear Master of Puppets in my left ear and it's it just it gets in there man it roots so deep like uh, a lot a lot of the bands I love it you know they have the meaning but then they also just have the the good marketing of of, um, impressive licks Mm -hmm. oh yeah Um, and and, I I, mean similarly yeah like it's it's when you see what they can do and you get you get that awe state where you're just like I, I want to do my best to replicate that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's the, all the time you spend after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and you just reminded me of a story that I keep thinking of how to tell, but I can't ever, like, process it. Because mm-hmm. um, you mentioned, you know, seeing James Hetfield in that tour documentary, or that, that tour. Um, I remember seeing a video. You know which one I'm talking about. Do I? I've shown it to you several times. It's of David Byrne dancing on stage during the Stop Making Sense tour uh, oh. for Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that really weird dance in the huge jacket. And I was just like, I need to know more right. about this band. And that's <laughs> what made me a fan of Talking Heads. Yeah. I mean, there you go. That's origin story. I mean, like, Metallica, I've always been tangentially aware of them, right? They are they they occupy yeah I mean they they occupy a huge chunk of like my initial awareness of music because my dad would listen to rock radio when I was really young and of course in the early nineties it was all Metallica all the time it, they they would it was like every hour they would have, you'd have at least three Metallica songs right so you couldn't help <laughs> from oh my god what are you you gotta make sure they're still awake hey that's right <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Don't explain. Actually, it's it's better if you don't. It's, it's better, better if you not. just lean yeah. into that. Like throw like, that throw that monkey wrench in there real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah, fuck it. Like fuck it. We're just, there's we're just oh god. We're slowly <laughs> slowly <laughs> devolving into ex- fuck it. So like uh, when I was younger, everything my, was invented by the government. <laughs> wow, you're leaning into that, aren't you? God. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my older brother had two cassette tapes when I was a kid. He had Ride the Lightning and Load. And I remember we would pop in Ride the Lightning, grab my dad's leather jackets and some tennis rackets, and we would rock the fuck out in the, in the living room. Nice. Right? But the thing that I connected to was Load. And I remember I would steal the tape 
when no one was around, I would sneak off into the room. We had a, a stereo system. I would pop it in the stereo, lay down in front of it, and the opening riff to Ain't My Bitch would come on. And it was just like, there was something in my brain that's like, I need this. Um, but it, all, it also felt taboo. I was young enough to feel like I shouldn't be doing this, right? And then... Get that sticker on it. Ex- <laughs> exactly. And then even now, even now, that record is so important to me. Load has some of the most... Um, em- emotionally impactful Metallica songs for me. Um, Until It Sleeps, oh my god, the lyrics in Until It Sleeps slay me because it's a perfect allegory for my mental illness. Same with Bleeding Me. Um, there's an element of Outlaw Torn that I find so engaging. Um, uh, uh, and then, of course, songs like Two by Four, you just, you want to fuck on the floor and break shit when you hear something like that. You know? <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because like, that band is so ingrained in my dna that i have memories from every section of my life of import that relate back to that band um saint anger was the first album that i purchased ever um let's see the unnamed feeling that song as a teenager that was not on that didn't understand what was wrong with him and i don't mean wrong and like something's bad but like not knowing why i'm depressed not knowing why i can't fit in certain circles like what the fuck is going on with me that song being so vague was like it was it was like oh my god i get that because i don't know what to call this feeling i don't know what it is but i know it's fucking miserable um that entire record i mean people shit on saint anger for the production value and whatever but there, it, that is their most punk rock record for me. That is their absolute most punk rock record because it is the most rough and abrasive production quality. The songs are the most simple that Metallica has ever written. They're the most direct to the point, like bash you over the head with it uh, stuff. It's their most punk rock record. Um, and I will defend that record to the day I die uh, because it is, it's, it's so meaningful to me. My world, oh, shoot me again, Sweet Amber, um, Every oh ooh, oh I know I'm getting really fucking excited because it's the the one song that even to this day Invisible Kid like that one is my anthem because I know what that's like to be like just I'm okay just just go leave me alone I'm fine you know I'm just gonna live in myself live in my little bubble and the 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 uh, the friction that comes with that like being comfortable being by yourself but also um hyper aware that you're by yourself right mm-hmm. you know that that band oh my god if they ever if they ever stop i'm just gonna stop living that's the that's the, <laughs> an earth without metallica is not an earth that i want to live on amen what well, that like that gets all to the the heart of like we were talking about earlier of i mean it comes down to its meaning it's 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 not you can criticize anything for technical reasons you can you know, talk about, well, it just doesn't sound as good, or it's not as heavy, or what, I mean, but when you get into what it actually means, and and that's where, like, you were talking about how, like, you know, it takes control away from people when more people get into bands and everything like that. It's also, you know, having to come to terms with that people aren't going to like what you like the way you like Mm -hmm. it, too, and that's where people gatekeep a lot of the times, is they just, they want to keep it the way they see this band sure. or this album or this mm-hmm. music. You want to keep it in a time capsule. Yeah, like this means this. You know, and like there are times and there are songs and there are bands that are very clear. This is what I mean. This is what this is 
for and about. Uh, and then there's times where they're just like, you know, it's just I was thinking about something. Mm-hmm. It, I just made something ethereal, and you do something with mm-hmm. it. Um, and and you know, coming to terms with this might be the way I see it, but not necessarily the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's hard, but I mean, it doesn't make it any less meaningful if you and I approach a song different. Oh, sure. Yeah. It just means that we're different. Absolutely. And it's all in, you know, the context of, number one, how you find that, the circumstances you're in when you start listening to that band, what it means to you. Like, I I hate the term overrated. Oh, yeah. So much. Like, it, just let people like things. Yeah. Just because something is important to someone, you don't need to know the reason. You just need to know that it is important to that person. Yeah. Excuse everything else. Oh, sure. I don't need to explain to you. Oh, sure. Like, what I what I love most about, like, the metal scene specifically is that it, it, it attracts the outsiders. It attracts the misfits. And those are the people mm-hmm. that I vibe with the most. But there's there does, ha- there does come with this elitist um, attitude where, you know, I stopped kind of going within the local scene for a while because I would be hanging out with these people. We'd be talking about music. And they're talking about, you know, like an underground band like Christian. And I'm like, cool. I love Christian. Black Forest Domain's a great record, man. Um, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I was listening to Kill Switch the other day. And then they get this look like, ugh, ugh. Like, people are tangentially aware of that band. I don't want anything to do with it. I want bands that only five people know about. You're a poser. Like, <laughs> like oh, God. You know, I, you're not a fan if you're not obscure. Exactly. Right. Like, they like bands that they can fit into their pocket. But the minute they grow out of that pocket, oh, they sold out, right? Or and and anyone who listens to them, like you said, you hate the word overrated. I fucking hate the word poser. I despise that word with a burning passion, because no, they're not a poser because they listen to something different than you, right? Like if you if you go to see Behemoth live, and Behemoth is a oh god, I love Behemoth. But you see somebody <laughs> in that crowd wearing an Avenged Sevenfold shirt. That person's not a poser. They're at the same show you are for a reason, you know. Right. And there, there's the, there comes that close-minded um, approach to it, where it's like, nah, man, open the tent up. Like, every, you know, my wife does not listen to the same music I listen to at all. Like, nowhere near. But we both vibe on music for different reasons. So she'll so, show me songs that I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I, it doesn't do anything to me. It doesn't elicit yeah. a response. But I listen to it because it matters to her. Right? Mm-hmm. It, there you go. That wasn't a point of look. Okay. Uh-oh. I, I, <laughs> I was like, are we going to say that's us? But John apparently like not. I was like, oh, that's a fight on sight. John also does not like the talking <laughs> So, like, I appreciate that you listen to some things that I put in front of you. Okay, okay. That was a very different look for what that sentence oh. I didn't mean for it to be. I am, I, I'm only upset at your dislike of talking about Oh, just because it's not for me. Like, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not at, at least entertained and I'm not at most, like, reached by it. And, like, that's my two things for listening to music. And that's what I have to tell people all the time. And I was telling somebody about that with games, uh, video games, just today, where I'm like, I, I play video games, but I play literally the same like 22 video games over and over because they matter to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't play everything that comes out that's AAA. Same thing with music. I don't, yeah. I don't listen to everything just because it's music or be- even just because it's metal. Right. I, I, 
listen to what I relate to. And so, like, at least I have to be entertained. Like, I'm like, okay, this is cool. But at most, what keeps me going back to the music and the things that I like are this relates or matters to me in some very important ethereal fashion. And I just want to keep coming back to that and exist in that form. Right. So if, if it doesn't do those two things, I'm just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay. You know, you yeah. know I can appreciate, like you said, I can appreciate it and be like, okay, cool. And, like, I, I understand that a, a big part of my love of punk as a genre is I am a huge fan of non-traditional vocals. I like... You like weird. I like weird. I like weird-looking like weird white guys <laughs> to be a front man sometimes. <laughs> that seems to be the constant in my music taste. Hey, there's a through line to everything. And, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and, like, I understand that that's not everybody's thing. Right. Like, there are people who may not like uh, Joey Ramone as a frontman because he was not traditionally attractive, but also he had kind of a non-traditional singing voice. Right. Right. Um, and I, that's what makes me love the Ramones, like, is that they're so different from anything else. Absolutely. They're, they're often inspirations for other people they are covered so many times but you cannot you cannot take the essence of the ramones out of the ramones absolutely absolutely yeah no i i I think it's perfectly valid to embrace the weird in that oh yeah like we were talking about i mean that well because that's that's what's so attractive about all the like you said it attracts outcasts and everything because because outcasts see themselves yep yeah you know yep um the these genres are which some people would not want to relate them to but all everything that's not country and pop it, like is family like in one form or a fashion true like they're either brother and sister or they're cousins pop and country just that sounds like country bradford not yeah not alabama Sorry. cousins like, so but like i don't know Sorry, how yeah. they got Missouri into the reunion out. but they're there yeah. um but like punk emo uh, rock, metal, all of that stuff just relates so well because it's all by people that are outcast and weird mm-hmm. who are embracing that, promoting that, and then attracting outcasted and weird people. Yeah. Oh, you're not joking at all. Like, I was listening to uh, My Chemical Romance's Romance? Uh, My Chemical Romance's new album oh, last few years. I don't know if it's new, new. But I, new to me, dang it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was one song that I was listening to, and I was like, oh, that's that's a Clash bass line right there. Mm-hmm. I love that for them. That is such cool inspiration. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. And it's there's something about music that is performed with intensity. And if you look at punk and metal and... You know, even emo, which I'm I'm not an emo fan myself, but I can recognize the intensity. It is, dem- it is presented in such a way that you cannot ignore this, right? You know, it's like um, and it, and it can be it can even it can be like an exercising of something negative, or it can be a proclamation of something positive. Like I look at Hatebreed, right? You listen to Perseverance as a record. That's a positive record. Mm-hmm. That is a positive Absolutely. record. But they're screaming it at you. Because they are imploring you with every fiber of their being, like, chin up, bucko, right? Right. Like, (laughs) well, yeah, like, Killswitch Engage, like you mentioned earlier, same thing, absolutely. Absolutely, and Killswitch, like, literally, Jesse Leach, as a lyricist, has saved my life. I, I, that dude, like, there are, there are 
people in music that are like lightning in a bottle. Um, mm-hmm. Extremely unique characters. Jesse Leach is one of them because the the way he the way he puts pen to paper and describes something that can either give you something to say, "Yep, I got it. I'm right there with you. I know what that feels like," or it can reach down and pull you up when you need it. You know, yep. that's rare. That's rare. Yeah. Yeah. No, and absolutely. I mean, in, in terms, like you said, like as, as a lyricist, he's one of my favorites. Just just because of that, because he he gets it so well. And um, have you uh, have you heard any of his new podcast? I have not been able Jesse. to dive into his podcast. Um, not yet, because just quick side, I've been diving into this podcast called Behind the Bastards, and it is blowing my mind. Um, okay. because it literally takes like the worst figures in history and tells you some of the weirdest fucking facts about them. Like Hitler had really bad gas. Like literally he had gas that would clear out a train car. <laughs> Didn't they use mustard gas? Um, the, tr- I'm just, that was a genuine question. Well, well, the, <laughs> the, <clears throat> put my history cap on well, the, the German army, the German Imperial army in world war one. Yes. Used quite a bit of mustard gas. That's how you answer questions. Remember when you go in the trenches to bring your Hitler? <laughs> Funny thing about Hitler, he was a decorated World War One veteran. Decorated. Like, he had actual mm-hmm. acts of... I really don't like... Yeah, valor. I don't like saying <laughs> that in relation to Hitler. <laughs> um, but he had German valor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was a weird guy, but, like, that's the thing about Behind the Bastards is it tells you the weird stuff. Like, I didn't know that Joseph Stalin was run over by a horse and buggy, and that's why he had one arm shorter than the other. And then the best question the host asked was, like, was it the horse or the buggy, or was it both? Like, did, it, did he just get run over by the buggy, or did he get run over by both? Interesting. Yeah. No, that is that's awesome. My money's on the buggy. Yeah. I would think the buggy, but I'm also curious just how it works to shorten it. I would think it would make it longer. Well, it, it, well, it was also like the late 1800s, so like the bone probably broke, and they it's fucking Russia. They couldn't put it. It was back. czarist Russia. <laughs> I was about to say that it probably had a compound fracture, and they just kind of were like, okay, let's shove that you up know, in there until it fits in something. You could still use it. Uh, also, before we move too far away from Hitler, I always have to mention whenever he comes up in conversation <laughs> that his birthday is 420. Uh, yeah, it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I love it because every April 20th, I always spoil some like weed lovers high. <laughs> some pot. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you celebrate Hitler's birthday, too. As, cool. <laughs> oh, I, I hear my birthday's 422 and I still hear about it on <laughs> my birthday. Yeah. I mean, me? I'm a, I'm oh, a dyed in the wool stoner. And anytime someone's like, hey, it's Hitler's birthday, I'm like, Fuck, thanks for bringing it down, man. <laughs> well, you know, well I'm celebrate, gonna, I'm gonna, celebrate by yeah. burning some trees. <laughs> I'm going to mess with um, you guys that every, every April 20th. Yep, now. you know what? Go for it. Happy birthday. <laughs> there you go. But uh, so, yeah, to, to plug Stoke the Fires, like, uh, it's it's a podcast by Jesse Leach. Um, he's really been, I mean, we mentioned, like, what Matt Heafy's been doing with COVID and even slightly before with, like, streaming and everything, which has been really cool to kind of, be able to see him normal mm-hmm. um podcasting has been jesse leach's things he's been guesting on so many podcasts lately and um there was also one that i was really i don't remember exactly the title of it i'll have to look it up and drop that but it was basically just angry pastors yeah. um like disgruntled church people and they had him on because <laughs> that's essentially a big part of his story uh, as as the front man, not only for Killswitch Engage, but also for a band, Times of Grace, which you would think is a very Christian metal band. 
and a, a lot of his songs come off as Christian, mm-hmm. but it's really more so struggling to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of that is really just like I agree with the the sentiments and the morals, but I don't agree with the church and the the the, the stuff I see mm-hmm. in people and like any. Yeah, it's not just as a lyricist. When he talks about this stuff, it's just so interesting and also, I mean, just so amazing and meaningful. Absolutely. Too. And I love Times of Grace. Um, when Hymn of a Broken... Dude, I was so hyped for that new album. It was great. <laughs> and the thing is, because when Hymn of, Hymn of a Broken Man came out, um, I was in a... Like probably I was I was in the middle stages of an absolutely self-destructive period, but it was moving so slowly that I didn't realize how self-destructive it was until you know everything imploded. Um, but <laughs> like that record came out during that period, and I remember the song "Fight for Life." Um, literally was like I would listen to that every day on the way to work, and I was working this dog shit job at the airport. It sucked. But that was the that was the the hook that was like that was the skin of my teeth that I was hanging on to because the the lyrics in that which again have that spiritual connotation are you know just keep fucking holding on just keep holding on mm-hmm. and that's I it's ama- it's it's weird how often Jesse Leach's lyrics have done that um, for me because when uh, when what is it um, not atonement incarnate came out. Um, in 2016, mm-hmm. that was a bad year. 2016 was a bad year. And each song that would come out as a single, um, Strength of the Mind, uh, Embrace the Journey, um, whatever. But when that record dropped, every song had me by the short and curlies. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Um, <laughs> I, I I told this, this story on, the, on a previous podcast, but I remember... I was having a really bad time, like severe depression, severe. And I remember I just, I walked out of the apartment. I'm like, I'm just going to go for a walk. And I had this one song, It Falls On Me, playing on a loop, yes. on a loop, constant. And I remember on several times on that, just wandering around in the middle of the night, I fell to my knees, weeping, because it was like, someone gets it. Someone out there can mm-hmm. tell what this is like. They know what this is like. And... You know, like I said, when I say music has saved, like some of their music has saved my life, it has absolutely saved my life because it's like the one thing you can keep holding on to, you know, and that's the, that's the power of music, man. That's why it is so damn powerful because it can do that. Um, But then again, I guess you can make the case for any kind of media, really. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I mean, when you sent the, the topics to choose from, definitely like Killswitch Engage, Avenged Sevenfold. I mean, even though it's it early days or more new metal, but even like Linkin Park and everything mm-hmm. like that, like absolutely I can trace lines back where I'm just like, no, like if not for knowing uh, that someone else gets it, not if, if not for being able to have words for what I'm feeling or what I'm going through, if not having an outlet and expression, like, uh, you know, it saved my life may be dramatic but it, it's definitely of a, I don't know I don't I don't know what it would have been otherwise True. I don't I can't imagine who I would be without the music that I listen to and relate True to, uh, because it, it speaks so well of parts of who I am and what I've gone through so Oh yeah um, I remember the first time you played me um, Nightmare by Vince Sevenfold Fiction came on and I was in the middle of a capital D depressive episode mm-hmm. And that song just hit me 
in such a way that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. There's words to this. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, when It's well, funny when you find a song like that, you're in a very specific place and a very specific song comes on. It's the one that you keep playing on a loop. You just, you, you'll go back yeah. and listen to it again and you'll listen to it again and you'll, and it will, you'll burn that thing into your synapses because it's, it, there's like, okay. Um, I wouldn't categorize myself as emotionally intelligent. Um, and I certainly didn't grow up that way. <laughs> so growing up, not being emotionally intelligent, not understanding why I was feeling certain things, why I was so blatantly different than other people around me. Um, music, and like I said, it might be dramatic to say music saved my life, but it definitely gave me a voice. And now granted, it might've been a hyper intense voice, you know, very, <laughs> I, I've always very much been that kid in the back of the class. Like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Cause like, you know, what, what do you do when you don't understand yourself? You make a scene of yourself cause it's, it's a measure of control. Right. Um, yeah. but it was, it, it might've been a hyper intensive response, but it was like giving me a voice to things that I couldn't articulate, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even something as We're, trivial as like, Oh, I'm pissed off at my parents. Dyer's Eve by Metallica. Like that. Right. He was like, this is what I mean. This here, this is, this is what I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, people pay like an illustration I've used before with, with that when trying to explain that to someone because the, the thing comes up of just like well why would like okay so you know you're depressed why would you want to like keep hearing that from a song or, or, or why would you want to like immerse yourself in something that makes you angry or, or, or whatever and it's just like you know people go pay and pay a lot of money for therapy where someone basically just tells you what you kind of know is wrong with mm-hmm. you but they can say it sure mm-hmm. and yeah they can make some recommendations and all that other stuff but essentially and, and not to dissuade anyone from the importance of therapy, Go to therapy. Yeah. but it, a, a lot of it does just center around getting a professional to tell you things you kind of know about yourself right. to describe, you know, your brokenness, you to, to describe, um, your, your, your frustrations and your mentality. Right. Music does exactly that when, and that's, what's so beautiful about people that have the talent they do to write that. And, and then just, Put it on top of sick music as sure. well, but like it's it, it's an amazing gift to share. Where it's just like I can eloquently and beautifully say how I'm hurt and okay with being hurt, how uh, this happened and I've moved on and grown from it, or just to say this happened and made me angry and there's no resolution to that. Oh yet. sure, like just being able to step in those shoes and be like I fit in this, that like it, it's not a discomfort to be confirmed as depressive it's not a discomfort to be confirmed as easily angered it's 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 more of it's a comfort in that again it's i'm not wrong i'm not i'm not unnormal that's not abnormal i'm not there you go i'm not no we're gonna go we're gonna stay with unnormal (laughs) we're gonna put that on a shirt too so, uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it all falls on me. Like that song is, is one of those of one. That's one of Kill Switches. That's very much that on repeat thing because I mean. Oh sure. And and you know Jesse and Howard also with just their unique voices for Kill Switches emotions. Absolutely. Like that helps too. Is it's just like it's just 
beautiful agony. It, like, I don't know. I, I am that person. Like, there's memes out there of just like, oh, I'm, I'm depressed, puts on depressed music. Like, I'm that Absolutely. person. Absolutely. No, look. <laughs> like, uh, look, know. I mean, and, and I'm going to give all credit to Howard Jones, too, because Light the Torch dropped a record recently, um, You Will Be the Death of Me. And lyrically, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it there's definitely a theme for me in, in songs that I really identify with. And it's definitely something that, like, can I describe my mental illness with this, right? Not, not in the right. sense that I'm constantly hanging my hat on it, but it's a paradigm of my existence, right? So there's a song in there called Death of Me. And it's literally, the, the chorus line is, you will be the death of me. And I've always said that if anything's going to kill me, it's going to be my mental illness. And it's, uh, that might be morbid, right? And that might be morbid. Understand. But, like, that's a reality of living with that thing, is that, you know, it can get really extreme. And so just being able to, oh, my God, kitty cat. Kitty cat. Yeah. You so didn't get I, excited I was, I about the dog earlier? Any... <laughs> oh, no, I get excited about all animals. All animals. I mean, I... Oh. It's okay. He's a dumb dog, but just... Wow. Wow. No, that's okay. That's, that's fair. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So, as you're... Yeah, but as you're talking about, like, you know, like, yeah, my mental illness is probably my worst enemy. I'm smiling, but it's because I see the cat coming. And I'm just like, oh, my no. God. No, hey, look, yeah. look. Animals are there to make us oh. happier. That's... And we but don't I, deserve them. <laughs> and we don't deserve them. But I, I, I told, I totally get what you mean too. Because, well, but the, like, that's a kind of fighting spirit thing too. Of just like, I know what I need to watch out for. Absolutely. And that's my depression. Absolutely. Um, and and, and you know, I can't explain why, but music definitely helps me keep on top of it. Like, yeah, like, can, I, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know. I get if, what you're saying. You got the words. No, I get what you're saying because. You know, you, you brought up like listening to something that's about depression when you're depressed, right? Like, oh, you know, what kind of sense does that make? It makes perfect sense when you're fucking depressed because you just want someone to acknowledge why you're feeling a certain way. And then sometimes when you're in the middle of something like that, we don't always think rationally, right? When we're in the middle of something like that. It's, it's oh, literally the, <laughs> it's the anti-rational, right? Right. And if we can hyper fixate on something like music that that connects with us and we identify with it, that might be the old, that might be the very tether that keeps you holding on, you know, because that's what it is. Like when you have a depressive episode, there's no fixing it. There's getting through it. And, exactly. and, and who knows how long that can take? That could take a few days. That could take a few fucking months. You don't know. But when you have to get through that, you do whatever you fucking have to do to get through that. Um, you know, even if that's listening to the saddest fucking song in your rotation 300,000 times until you fall asleep, that's what you do. Well, it, it brings up like, you know, a lot of people when, when it comes up mostly towards grief, like when, when you've lost someone, not like, there's no expectation for you to say something that like makes that okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're never gonna say something to someone that makes losing a loved one okay. Oh yeah, um, and it's one of those things where it's just like acknowledge my pain and be here with me. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to get it fixed. I just, I want validation and I want presence. no, in comfort. And, and, yeah, and the, and that's exactly what that that music is. Like you said, like it's not, it's not a fixing a thing. It's it's just a getting through. Absolutely. Thing. And, it's just continuing to remind, like, okay, this is what... And sometimes, like, in knowing thyself is the greatest weapon, too. So sometimes, like, 
the more you listen to the descriptors of things, the more you're just like, wait a minute, hang on, I can find the way out of this spiral. Absolutely. Like, you know, like, but if it just becomes this black mob, uh, or blob, black mob, I don't know. What Another band name. But if it's just this, not yep. a, yeah, there you go. There it is. But if it's just a blob, like if it has no form, I can't attach Sure. It. But, you know, at a, a lot of the time, music helps create a form to it of like, okay, I need to go outside. I, oh, like, sure. Or, or sometimes I just, I just need a drink of water. <laughs> sure. Like, it, can, it can reveal the easiest of fixes to uh, what seems like endless. Drink. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I was going to bring up uh, Devin Townsend, right? Um, because mm. there's a bunch of songs like that that I would listen to if I was in a depressive episode that were, it, that's literally the theme is just get through it, right? Like there's uh, Poltergeist from Deconstruction where, you know, he's talking to that alter ego, you know, it's, there's a theme to that record. He's talking to that alter ego, that, that strapping young lad, Devin Townsend, the guy that is all dreadlocked and yelling at the crowd and insulting them and shit. You know, he's saying, die poltergeist. And that's, I, I relate to that because I'm like, okay, that, sometimes the mental illness becomes a physical presence. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to fight you today. Like, you and I are going to go for a couple of rounds today. Or there's songs like Singularity off of Empath, which is literally just get through it. You know, just get through it. And that song is a 20-minute journey through that process. Um, and, it, and it works with him because he's a, he's a musician that writes... Um, he has like a, like, he, he's also, he'll admittedly say emotionally stunted and his music is literally him trying to figure out his emotional states. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I relate with that because it's changed, right? It went from strapping young lad, which is really intense and angry to, you know, stuff like empath and ghost and addicted and epic cloud. And, you know, that's another, that's another musician that has been omnipresent in my my existence for like the last oh, god i'm old enough to where i have to do the math on the high school thing <laughs> right probably 2003 2004 when did i get kicked out yeah. yeah so yeah for about 20 years you know um and i having evolved with that music like even some of his music has even shown me some truths about myself in a weird way in that and I've brought this up before, you know, in my ever evolving journey of like trying to become a more emotionally intelligent human, like I'm not as angry as I thought I, as, as I was, like I was using anger as a crutch. I was using rage as a crutch and I'm not that angry. I'm an angry little, little some bitch, but not, not like to the level that I thought I was. And it, and it was like cloaked in this like egotistical macho alpha bullshit that was Again, it's ever present within the metal scene, um, mm. but realizing that mm, maybe there's maybe I'm a little more sensitive than I would like to admit, and then the way that manifested itself in my musical choices and how those have evolved recently has been really interesting. Because instead of looking for the most intense stuff, I find myself looking for more nuanced things like um spirit box or periphery or uh, bands like that that, oh, that are that are still rooted in the metal stuff but there's a little more room to try some different stuff you know sure no absolutely well and, and I, I that's what i find is interesting about the bands i get attracted to is because they're very much uh that mixed bag mm -hmm. like you easily go from 
a chug song to a song that breaks you mm-hmm. down. Um, and and I, like I appreciate the the multifacetedness of those. And and sometimes you need bands where like this is just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I I don't listen to this for anything more than just entertainment. Um, it's good to have that uh, definitely mixed in. Like I would say that's honestly like Breaking Benjamin for mm-hmm. me, which is weird to say, but like they're just one where I just love the sound. Oh sure. Like there there's nothing huge. Like I mean, Ben is a good lyricist, but not not in the same way that like gets me with things like um, like Vince Sevenfold, like Killswitch sure. Engage, and stuff like that. Like that labels me a little bit. Sure. Um, but yeah, Breaking ben- Benjamin's just a fun band. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, you know you gotta have you gotta have that mixed in there as well. But yeah, no, I, like I, I appreciate, and especially I think of like Vince Sevenfold's earlier days. Like I haven't had anything from them since uh, since Nightmare, really, because uh, they've really evolved as a band where they've kind of like moved from really being emotional to I think you know the loss of a band member kind of shot them up to a point where like eh, well I think we're mature now sure <laughs> because of this like we've we lost the key immaturity factor oh sure um you know and so uh that said though like their earlier stuff I mean you'd go from something like backcountry to something like you know um uh, strength of the world like you'd go from things like I mean well, even Nightmare is is a fairly fun, you yeah. know, song to, to rip sure. on. But then yeah. you go to Save Me, and it's just like... Did, There's a point where it hits. Yeah, like, sure. you know, when they're singing about, did I have something to do with my friend's suicide? Like, sure. It, it gets deep. Sure. It's, it's interesting. I mean, like that's they're a really interesting band because they've worn a lot of different hats. Um, and I got, I got mm-hmm. it, like, they're, they're a lot like... They're a lot like Metallica in that way, in that they they've they've taken some risks with what they've done. Yeah, I mean they went from, you know, a pretty sonically at least a pretty standard metalcore band, right? Like they're yep. the first, Unholy Confessions is a pretty it's a solid metalcore record, you know, oh, for that time. Yeah. Um, but then they go from that to the self-titled, which was. Mm-hmm. A little more radio friendly. They were trying some different stuff. You get a song like a a, a little piece of heaven, which is just it's a Danny Elfman. Boingo, yeah, it's a Danny. I was gonna say Tim. It's Tim Burton. Yeah, exactly. It's Danny. Tino. It's yeah. it's Danny Elfman. <laughs> Tim Burton magnificence, but wrapped in in rock and roll. Yeah, and it's great. I was in I was in yeah. high school and I had like the best friend who is like the reject of the school who was friends with like the emo kids. And they're like, "Have you heard the? Have you heard about Vincent?" I was like, "I don't really listen to music." They're like, "You're you're sitting down. You're listening to a little piece of heaven right now." I was like, uh, "Okay." That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely showed anyone I could yeah. uh, that music video mm-hmm. when when I had the opportunity. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then the the, so the emo kid that was like. Uh, li- uh, that brought it up for us. We were in the library on one of their computers. They bring it up on YouTube and they like crank the speaker gets to that first fuck yeah. and like the teacher in the library just looks over us is like hey we're like sorry that is definitely how i got my fix for a lot of early music videos oh, mm-hmm. yes, back in the day. <laughs> that was the mecca mm-hmm. of uh, music videos for the longest time i i, I ripped him off a of kazaa uh, that's how old i, I am. was i was a lot <laughs> kid 
At least you didn't say Napster. Yeah. No, I had Napster too before it, before we got taken down. Um, we went from yeah. Napster to to Kazaa. Put that and on your Walkman. Ka- I. Okay. All right. That's a yes. Fuck it. The um, hesitation is a yes. No. But no. 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 I, I, Here's the thing. When I was in when I was in middle school and high school, I would in my backpack I carried my CD booklet. I carried my CD booklet, mm-hmm. and I had a supposedly non-skip CD player, CD Walkman. And yeah, sure. yeah. So, yes, it, it, it was it would skip if I cradled it ever so <laughs> gently and I didn't walk with intent. But, <clears throat> you know, if I had five minutes to get from electric shop to, you know, biology, if it, I don't care how if that took me five minutes, I pop my headphones on. I've been listening to music, you know, I'd be listening to eating mm-hmm. back to life or any chance. You oh, got. yeah. Oh, yeah. And like I would carry this obnoxious CD booklet when I would if I had like a free period, I'd sit there with my fucking King James version of the Bible level of CD booklet. Yep. The first half was actual CDs that I bought. The other half was compilations that I burned. The yep. old CD with the with the Sharpie mm-hmm. logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, with the red Sharpie. Yep. I, like, I, I see it so visibly. I still have one. Yeah. You know? I, I just have to find the box that they're in. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, what was funny is, like, I would I would do that and I'd get, like, the, um, you know, the CD case. But then I would, like, find my way to the library and, like, actually, like, print the actual album art for mm-hmm. some. Just like anyone that I like, my first hybrid theory was that it was ripped off and and it just had like printed on uh, Microsoft. It was black and white too, but like you could hardly oh, tell. Oh yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it was just that I'd like fake the the CD. Cases Absolutely. I remember I gave my my <laughs> sophomore English teacher. I gave him a ripped copy of Opeth's Damnation because he was a <laughs> well, he was a jazz drummer, right? And we would talk shop okay. on music. Well, th- this guy was like the coolest teacher because he he also did a film studies elective course. So you walked into his class and it was nothing but movie posters. And he had this giant Terminator 2 poster. And the day I walked in there, I was like, we're going to be best fucking friends. Um, yeah. So we would talk music because he was a jazz drummer. And we would talk music. And he's like, you know, like, I'm like, I listen to this stuff. And he was entertaining me. You know, he was being nice and like, okay, little, you know, angry little metalhead. Um, and I was talking to him about Opeth because I was on a big <laughs> Opeth kick because like they're they're very rooted in metal, but they're also very experimental and very progressive and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, and then the Damnation album is literally just them playing quiet experimental tunes. So I was like, here, check this out, old man. Never got that CD back. <laughs> Never got it back. Uh, Kevin, I That's think not... Fives wants out. That's epic, though. Fives can suck my... Oh, he's so adorable. Put a sock on it, he'll probably eat it. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Boba is over here snoring, and it's taking everything in me not to just. Oh, I'm telling you, like I Fives has these moments where he is an absolute adorable ball of uh, short hair, but there are other moments where he is the very bane of my existence because he's mm-hmm. wasted on us. He's wasted on us. <laughs> he is a working dog. He has the energy of a working dog. He's part cattle dog, part pit bull, um, and all he wants to do is play. All he wants to do is go outside, mm-hmm. and I'm tired all the time. <laughs> yep, all the time. So, totally. I, I would have yeah, a so cat with me, but they're all in my bedroom sleeping on my wife. So, <laughs> yeah, art, art would be nice. My cat's around here somewhere, but she's uh, probably stalking something or planning my ultimate demise. Cats are fucking weird. Um, they they're are. great animals, but I can never get past the sense that like. I'm sharing a space with a tiny tiger that's just cool with me being around. Like, right. 
they allow you to be remembered. That's right. Like, <laughs> do you have yeah. any times? We, we have the sweet old lady cat, and then we have a demon that lives in our home. Yeah. Yeah. She's fine to you. She hates yeah. me. Like, do you have any idea? Like, my, my cat will, like, I'll wake up and my cat will be sleeping next to me. And my first thought is like, oh, she wanted to hang out with me. Cool. But then my next thought is like, how many minutes was she standing above me with a single claw out on my jugular? <laughs> just, just, just. It would be so easy. Exactly. Uh, so I, I, easy. Think exactly. I think she's just like, she's laying on you and giving it time. If you don't move within a certain amount of time, she's going to start eating you. I'm telling you, like whenever she licks my hand, I'm like, oh, is she showing affection or is she getting a taste? You know, <laughs> right? Like that scene in uh, it, the Batman with the oh yes woman. from Batman Returns, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, like that. Like that's the only thing I can think of when cats like lick yeah. people is just that of just like what. Uh, no, that yeah. shit escalated <laughs> quickly, and there's like it really there's like no in story explanation as to why those cats just happened to swarm her. No, that and that's the best way to handle that, honestly. Yeah. Well, because it's always that thing of it's just like either it's just a lady that dresses like I mean it's the same thing they did with the whole Batman thing. Like either it's just a dude that dresses as a bat and fights crime, or it's really weird and like it's just all this crazy ex, like paranormal explanation. And the same thing with Catwoman. Either she likes leather and whipping people, or Cats oh, evil. sure. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. either way. Either way. No Shit, I wish I could rock that costume. Um, <laughs> right? I mean... You can do anything you that, want. It would be unpleasant for many people. Um, the idea <laughs> of me in skin-tight latex... Um, nah. <laughs> the, it's, it's, the, it's not the end part, it's the getting out. Yeah. I hear baby I powder is very <laughs> useful. You need a lot of baby powder. No, okay... I imagine a lot Here's of the one thing that dissuades me from that, and I like the fact that it's only a thing that dissuades me from doing this, is <laughs> there was a, a two Halloweens ago, I went as Jason Voorhees. Oh, and God, I, please let me tell the story. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I, we don't need... We, we, okay, no, hold on. So the, the thing about me when I do a Halloween costume is I do not... I'm not a man of half measures, okay? I am not going to have something that tangentially looks like Jason Voorhees. Like, no, I'm going to look like fucking Jason Voorhees. So to the best of my... From a very specific... Like, well, it was more like part three. That was the thing that inspired my costume was part three. That's Jason. Um, so I had, of course, the hockey mask, and I didn't buy some cheapo hockey mask. I bought the hockey mask, right? And I had we had my shirt that we tore up and put fake blood and dirt all over, and my pants were all tore up and shit. But I had a bald cap because, like, Jason does not, depending on your iteration of him, he doesn't have any hair, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing this bald cap in San Antonio, Texas, on the first day of October. It's still fucking hot. Great. Idea. It's an amazing <laughs> idea. Um, so literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm going from bar to bar back when we could go to bars, and um, like I'm just sweating profusely because of this latex ball cap. Right, this bald cap, and I'm just I'm dripping sweat. I am a soggy, soggy man. Because of that singular experience, full body latex is out. Like, I will never go. Oh, I will yeah. never be a Power Ranger for Halloween because I'm not going to deal with that level of chafe. <laughs> I'm just not. Oh yeah, no. Well, and that's that's the thing is, it's just like I mean, you've got to sacrifice so much for that. Like, yeah. Well, and, as a former big girl, I will say, uh, deodorant stops chafe. Yeah. On the inside of your thighs, everywhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. I work in the heat, and I, you know, jeans are a weird thing right now because um, 
I, I can't do like the mid 2000s semi baggy jeans anymore. Cause my wife nixed that. She's like, that's not a thing anymore. You look like a dad. <laughs> so she has purchased all of my jeans. And while they are tight fitting, they're flexible, they're stretchy, which is perfect for me, but they're tight fitting. And it, mm-hmm. it's, if it wasn't for the deodorant trick, I, I could start a fire <laughs> down there. <laughs> because it's South Texas. It, like you guys are not that far. You guys right. are in the Southeast. It's not only it's not only hot, but it's like seventy eight thousand percent humidity. Like you can't you yep. cannot mm-hmm. walk outside. And that that's the thing that gets mm-hmm. you. I can deal with heat. I can't deal with just disgustingly moist oh, yeah. heat. That's a whole different oh, yeah. game. And it changes every, it changes your entire plan. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like it, it, in my own small experience in the garage when I'm training, if it's hot and humid. What should take me an hour and a half is now going to take me three hours because I have to cool down by like laying in front of a fan or covering myself in ice packs because it is just that intense. You know, mm-hmm. people, people that aren't from here, they don't get it, man. Like those Yankees <laughs> no, don't I'm, understand. I'm going to grab you by the back of the neck and throw you under a car and let it run for 15 minutes. Then we'll see what you say. That's why you shaved your head. So you have better ventilation. Exactly. That, that is, I've had my head shaved for probably the last week. Yes, that is exactly why. Oh, I remember. But yeah, alternatives, I I if my head touches an exhaust, it hurts a lot. <laughs> I mean. Sounds exhausting. Hey! Bam! Although, look. No, no, no. You sit. You sit. You sit. Stay here. <laughs> because because I actually I want to see this happen. I want to see the top of your head hit a hot exhaust because I want to hear a muffled ow from the pit because I know just sounded like a that's what he sounds like when he gets hurt. That's what he yeah, sounds like. He does just, a, yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. Yeah, followed by a motherfucker. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I expletives always help. You're Go damn ahead. right. I can't tell you how many. <laughs> customers of mine have had to hear me walking around the outside of their house and it's just like Joe Pesci from Home Alone. You know, just an endless <laughs> string of expletives. Well, that's what... It, that would have been a different oh movie. Oh, God, if they'd have just let him off the chain. <laughs> if they'd have let him off the chain. Because like, you know he asked. You know he asked. He's like, well, he's like, you know, I fucking, oh, I fucking cuss well, a lot, right? <laughs> the, there's so many outtakes of that. Like, they had to do so many scenes so many times uh, just because of that, because it just comes well, so natural. Was oh, Home Alone like, PG-13? Just, even when he's there. Macaulay Culkin has a potty. No, I think Damn. it was just PG. Yeah. yeah. Eleanor. Which, I mean, based on... Well, yeah. I mean, based on some of the traps, it should yeah. have been, but they also should have been dead. Yeah. Um, Don't even get me started. But yeah, it was definitely that, where like even with a child present, he still could not contain. I can't either. I can't either. I have looked at one-year-olds and said, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> like, seriously, no. I've got, well, because they got that look about Well, like, them. my, my, wife, my yes. wife has a, a five-year-old nephew, right? And this is, this is a blatant <laughs> example of why I am not good around kids. Because, like, he, my, my mother-in-law lives with us, and she'll watch him, right? I'll come home from work, and I'll see him sitting on the couch playing with his phone. And he's like, oh, hi, Uncle Kevin. I'm like, what the fuck are you still doing here? You know? I was on the like, phone that's with how him I when he to- said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that, see? Uh, yep, see? There it is. <laughs> like that, that's how i talk to children and i'm like this is this is a prime example of why i don't have them because like i grew up with my my mom gave me my mouth like i everything i have learned about cussing i learned from her and i just built on top of that you know 
So I, I if I had a kid, it'd be like third grade. Like he called someone a cunt. I'm like, and <laughs> and they're probably a cunt. <laughs> was it accurate? Hey, that was, they that, probably deserved it. Yeah, that that was me in middle school, where our our teacher mistakenly decided to sit everyone down and ask, "What's everybody's problem with me?" <laughs> and it's just, uh, yeah, unload. Bad idea. Um, yeah. It's a very bad idea. So maybe don't ask. Like. Well, and that was my whole thing, because, I mean, it was okay until it got to me. I mean, there, there was never going to end well. No. Never ask, them never ask what children what they think. No. We will be honest. Um, and, yeah, I just, I was like, okay, this is this is a safe place. <laughs> you invited this, right? So, <laughs> I was like, whatever I say is your responsibility, right? there's a lawyer present. And it was not. It was not. And I was escorted home by a police officer. So cool. Yeah, uh, there's. Uh, I mean, having a seven-month-old, like she, she's woken me up at two o'clock in the morning before. And I mean, I, I'll lay her down. I'll start. I'll give her a bottle. I'll be changing her diaper, and I'm halfway through changing her diaper, and she just looks up at me in those big, innocent doe eyes. And I look at her, and I go, "You're a fucking terrorist. You know that." <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, they are uh, like our nephew Thomas. Like, he has a face <laughs> like he's plotting someone's demise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's precious, but, like, he is ready to kill. Yeah. <laughs> like, my my wife mean, and my mother are just so if horrified he, if that he could I just curse learn. in front of my daughter. And I'm just like, when she's capable of understanding what I'm saying, I will stop. But for now, I'm doing it. I don't care. I'll, when you have to stop, trust me, buddy, I'm taking that baton and I'm running with it. I know, but. Your daughter if, is going to have the most still going on, It's not like she's going to be over anyway. But they can then they yeah. can blame it on you. That's okay. I'll so. fall oh, she, on that she's sword. Got a couple, I'll she's fall got on that a couple sword. Of that I'm, I'm going to blame some shit on, even if it's not because them. Look, it can be me. I'm going to blame <laughs> them. I, I prompt. Uh, par- parents are okay with their kids learning bad things from other people, just as long as it's look, not them. Look, this is my solemn vow, Brad. This is my solemn vow to you. If your daughter in second grade calls someone a douche flavored cum bubble, they learned it. She learned it from me, and I will fall on that sword. Who was? I will fall on that sword for you. Who was it that that said that that you? Wasn't it a muff who called you that? No, there's a story behind douche flavored cum bubble. I know. Um, I'm trying to remember it though. My friend Eric reached out Eric, to Dave Brock, Dave Brocky from Guar when MySpace was a thing. Yeah. Um, reached out to Dave Brocky <laughs> oh, to say, I love Guar, I love your music. And Dave Brocky called him a douche flavored cum bubble. Um, so yeah. That sounds like a Guar Yeah, thing. it's, it's stuck. It does. Really it's stuck. <laughs> it's stuck. Uh, and that's, that's my favorite. Th- and that's still a badge of honor. Absolutely. I love, I love <laughs> cuss words. I love them dearly because it's like, it's like chocolate sprinkles for language. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it's. Have you watched the history of not Cage? yet? Uh, the Nicholas not Cage? yet. Of course, Nicholas Cage. Watch it. Of course, Nicholas Cage, because no one else can no. do it. No. Uh, Bob Saget. That's my man right there. Oh. He, he yeah. is a curse word. So well, yeah. I mean, he yes. would have been a great pick. I, I, many a Lego has made me cry. Bob Saget. <laughs> Dude, like, I, I love the fact that Bob Saget, like the the Bob Saget revelation of like, no, this guy's dirty as. Fuck. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh he yeah. I remember. Doing I can't. Stand I don't up after remember. Full House. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like and he did the Aristocrats. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I'm trying to remember. It was something specific I watched with my mom where that 
that was the thing. Because we were just like, oh, mm. Bob Saget. Yeah, I know. It's like Robin Williams. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do not watch right. Robin yeah. Williams. Yes. Yeah, it was exactly that. Yes. So I remember that. The first time I saw him live on Broadway, Robin Williams live on Broadway, that was a revelation. Because, like, I grew up with Robin Williams, Hook, um, you know, Good Morning Vietnam. I grew up with all those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Hook's the best. Best John Williams score, par, you know, bar none for me. For me, best John Williams score. Um, yeah, that that's a conversation for a different time. Um, but like when I saw the the live <laughs> on Broadway, and I'm like, he's right off the bat, two minutes in, he's saying something fucked up, and I'm like, yeah, that's 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 the same. They're doing yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> 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 oh god. Yeah. Oh, I love it. But it all makes sense, though. It it all fits when you re- when you think about. Oh yeah. It. Well, and uh, I, I just remember that with Bob Saget, where it's just yeah. like, oh, you. Will. Oh no, the most recent one was uh, Bill Nye. Like he's just Bill as Nye. bad. He says so many bad words. Uh, yeah. Bill Nye, the science guy, or Bill Nye? He, oh, I didn't even think. No, guy. science guy. Yeah, science guy. God, yeah, no, Bill like, Nye. Like I watched one of his most recent videos I've seen was when he's like talking about global warming, and he literally just goes, uh, to he like gives this long explanation, then he's like, and to put it simply, the world's on fucking fire, and like lights the oh, lights yeah. lights a globe on fire, and then <laughs> yes. he's like, uh, you yeah, guys aren't the, the you guys did. aren't in middle school anymore. I'm not gonna baby you. He's like takes off his yeah. glasses. He's like, uh, class dismissed, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's like, oh god, oh yeah. Yeah, that was the bit he did for John Oliver. I'm pretty sure there's still children watching, though. Mm. I don't like, know. they're too, they're too young. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. Well, no, they, Bill Nye was. I don't a, think they show staple. Bill Nye in schools anymore. No, because like Bill, like Nye, Bill Nye and not since he debated yeah, like Bill Nye and um, I don't think they do show Schoolhouse Rock anymore either. God, Bill yeah. Nye was a staple for when the teacher just didn't feel like doing. I anything. never saw him in school. Like that was never a. Thing oh, it was all the time. You went to a sad I miss. I went to a poor school. I I missed completely on Bill. Oh Nye yeah. Until no, Bill Nye was a staple. Yeah. I went to this silver spoon school for <laughs> rich kids. Yeah. Well, there was that one time we watched an educational vi- video uh, by Penn and Teller. Mm. Um, yeah. And it, like that was that was the cool day at school. Like Bill Nye was Penn and Teller is just as te- bad cursing too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. but they're Bill funny. Nye was like the staple for when the teacher was like, "I don't fucking feel like doing anything for this period, <laughs> so you guys are gonna watch Bill Nye." Yep. It was great. It was great. And we. Love you know what him. I love most about Bill Nye? Every single second. I he's is he married? Is he committed to anyone uh, at all? I think so. Are you looking? If so, he's yeah. barely. Private. I mean, I don't know, because in my head canon, he's not committed to anybody, and he's just drowning in strange, like up to his eyeballs all the time. Well, no, there was. Oh, uh, like I remember hearing a story somewhere that like Bill Nye was on like a college campus for some reason, and like they like the col- the campus knew, like the students knew. And like as as Bill Nye is coming out of an elevator, like some students are going in, and like they're talking. Like one of them's like, "Oh, I'd let Bill Nye plow me." Hell yeah! It's like, oh Ew. wow, okay, whatever. So I looked I looked it up, and so he was married uh, to Blair Tyndall, and <laughs> the funny thing is, it was from 2006 until 2006. <laughs> so oh, there's yeah. a story there. I want to hear yes. that story. 
get him on. Podcast. I need all of the sorted details of Bill Nye's. He has a child. Too. Life. Ooh, I need all of his sorted details. Charity Nye. Mm-hmm. Not like the George Foreman's <laughs> <Florence situation. laughs> All of his kids are named George. Okay, you know what though? You know what Bill Nye yeah. is committed to? He's married to science. That's what he's married to. Apparently so. Yeah. And he took that for his last name. Yeah. Bill. Bill Nice. Yeah, I don't know. That it wasn't as funny had, when I said it. No, out loud. it wasn't. But, but that had weird. damn well better be on his headstone. That had damn Bill well Nye better be on his headstone. Yes. That's it. That's it. The science yeah. guy. That's all yeah. you need. I will, I will sacrifice beakers at that altar. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you gotta usurp him so that you can become a science Just guy. Just pour, pour a 40 out of a beaker for him. You know? Scotty Jarrow. He is a science teacher. He can be the science guy. Yeah. Yeah. Here We've got go. our own built in science guy. Oh, there's Willie. <laughs> oh, yes. She has made an appearance on her yeah. perch. Just plotting the best way to. Stop looking at me like that. Fucking hell. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's cat yeah. for you. It's cute until it's they, dude, when she gives me the intense eyes, I can't. I can't help but think about like back to my Boy Scout days where we'd go on hikes in the hill country, and they're hey, like, your "Everybody, wear your glasses." That you <laughs> oh, <laughs> was one time. It was one time. Uh, but like when they used to tell us, like, "Put your glasses on your back of your head," and we're like, "Why?" And like, like mountain lions are going to attack you from behind. I'm like, "I'm the fattest one here. I will be the first to die." Still know what sunglasses are. Right. Well. That's, and that's not going to the, the prevailing wisdom is that, like, big cats don't attack you if they think you're watching them because they like to attack you from, like, from, from you being unawares. So if you had the sunglasses mm-hmm. on the back of your head, you would dissuade them from attacking you're you. You're going to trick the big cat into thinking that they... Uh... But in my head, I'm like, I'm the chubby one here, guys. Um, I know the survival rules with big animals. You don't have to be the fastest. You just can't right. be the slowest. And I am unequivocally the slowest. Exactly. You know... <laughs> just run faster than the next that's pack. it yeah i had a, that's I had a different level of scoutmaster because they were just like if you're stupid enough to get caught by a big cat you deserve to get mauled i was like oh thanks I'm, i mean a lot of like, a lot is, of my scoutmasters were ex-military <laughs> oh god the boy scouts is a weird weird thing man weird thing like there's so much appropriation of native culture but it's mixed in with like religious oh, yeah. indoctrination it's fucking it, weird it's, it's skeevy. Yeah. It sounds like something that was invented in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And then the weird thing was, is my troop met at Cornerstone Church down here, which is the home church of one John Hagee. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with John Hagee. <laughs> he is a class A dickbag. Um, and I, we had to go to a couple of his sermons. I guess that's a generous thing to call it. And I remember standing there in this giant mega church and he's literally talking about the book of revelations and people dying and shit. And there's people in the crowd just hands up like they're feeling the spirit. And I'm sitting there like, this is, this is terrifying. This is, this is terrifying guys. Like, and I'm the only one that seemed aware of like this, this is fucking weird. And that, that dude's (laughs) out of breath talking about the end of the world, you know, some Jonestown yeah, it was, and that's like when I hit my teenage years, I was like, "Yeah, I'm out, I'm out," because I, I'm not mm-hmm. vibing with this stuff. Like they're like, "Everyone lock hands in prayer," and I'm like, "I don't believe in this shit. Just show me how to tie a square knot, please." You know, <laughs> it, it yeah. was weird. Bo- Boy Scouts definitely went longer than it should have before we realized. Ah, this probably needs. Yeah, to I, I don't even think it's gotten there. I think I mean they've pulled out some things, but I think overall it's it's 
kept its form somehow. Yeah, like I mean, here's a here's a a, a read on how um, unevolved it was when I was there. We had a merit badge for Indian lore, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. yeah, you could see how problematic that would be now. Yeah, and at the time we were like, oh yeah, we're learning about native cultures. No, we weren't. We weren't learning fuck no. all. No. We were appropriating well, a lot of their imagery. Yeah, well, and there there was a there was an offshoot of like Boy Scouts that did, like their whole graduation ceremony was based on well not based on it it just it was stereotypical mm-hmm. native stuff. I yeah. mean I mean just imagine the the you know infuriating scene from Peter Pan and that's basically what a bunch of white dudes were yeah. doing mm-hmm. to celebrate. Oh, these twelve yeah. year olds did something mm-hmm. this yeah. summer. And if you worked at the camp, you had to be involved. Oh. Yeah, you like it was just oh my gosh. It was. It was the worst. I just uh, to the and side. we wonder what's wrong. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. There are certain experiences that I'm grateful I had, like you know, being able to hang out with my dad was not that didn't suck, but being aware of some of that stuff now, I was like, ooh, how did I make it out of there? Yeah, because there was so much indoctrination going on, you know. Yeah. Well, and and then like. There's actually some good stuff to mm-hmm. it. Like, there, there's really, you know, and that's the crazy thing about every cult is they because <laughs> you know, they have, like, 20% good stuff. Yeah. And 80% is is just hokey oh, yeah. crap. But it's just like, like, this could be something good for kids. Like, this could be great. And, like, I won my first derby at a Boy Scouts sure. thing. I only went there for that and the free bazooka bubblegum. Sure. Other than that, <laughs> like. Such a white kid. I mean, you just get to a point where it's just like, why did we have to go here? This, the rest of it was yeah. fun. <laughs> no, I, yes. I'm glad I backed out when I did. You know, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> I took the full ride. Could have been Scoutmaster Cat. Yeah. Well, no. It, <laughs> At least you didn't drink the it's flavor. It's so weird that that uniform still fits me. It's so weird. Well, it's weird. not like you've grown it all. <laughs> I mean, f- go fuck yourself, sir. <laughs> That's your next Halloween like, costume. Like you, you lost fat, you gained muscle, and it's not like you're any taller. So of course, no, it's still I'm not. I am certainly not, and I, I am just a weirdly proportioned individual. I have a, I have a, I have an unappropriate wingspan for my height. Yeah. it's just not. It's inappropriate Dude. wingspan for my height. Yeah, it's me, not right. Me and Kevin one day <laughs> measured, and we're like, our arms go down to our knees. Is this normal? No. No, <laughs> no, because your wingspan is supposed to be commiserate with your height, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm five foot seven. Yeah. So, you know, by rights, I should have five foot seven wingspan, six feet from finger to finger. Six right. feet. I'm, I'm a, I'm a gorilla. I am an actual <laughs> primate. I always and call you a sideburn yes. Neanderthal. It's, it's not right. Like, I, you know, no wonder when I walk, I got that Bigfoot swing going on. <laughs> Yeah. No wonder you're so damn yeah. good at lifting shit. <laughs> well, no, that's the only reason my deadlift is as is, is good as it is, because the, the range of motion is so reduced. Like It's the age Exactly. Exactly. I thought, guys, <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was weird when your eyebrows were farther out than your cheekbones. Yeah. Well, you know, my wife is now fond of saying I didn't have my glow up until my thirties. I'm like, cool. Cool. That's nice. I'm good with this, I guess. I can relate. At least you have Yeah. <laughs> I just meant in general, but thank you. Everyone gets a glow up, man. Everyone gets a glow up. That's Everybody. True. Yeah. You know. Had mine at 15 minutes ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's never too late. I, I'll say, like, I, I certainly started feeling more like myself lately. So I guess you could 
call that a glove? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it doesn't have to be an exorbitant change. Like, it can no. literally just be being happy with yourself. But, yeah, I mean, it tends to happen at least after, like, 22, 23. Yeah. Like, and th- that's why, you know, working with young people, I always say, like, don't Give make... Time. Yeah, don't make too many huge decisions for yourself right yep. now. Yeah. Like, I, I see that. I respect that. Let's put that in a box and hang on to that for a little while. Let's see if you feel like that next right. week. You know, mm-hmm. like, because, I mean, you yeah. know, you, you're always going through all kinds of things, and then eventually you yeah. find yourself. I will say, um, I I think it was either yesterday or the day before, my coworker said the funniest thing, and I took it as a compliment, where he, it was Harrison. He looked at me and said, you look like a twink. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> No, he asked me, why are you dressed like a twink for me? <laughs> I was like, <clears throat> I don't know, Harrison. But I'm glad I did it. Maybe that's just But me, I'm glad yeah. I did it. Right? Exactly. No, and that's, that, you make a good point because I think that, like, there's a, you know, there's a funny thing about, like, my late 20s that nobody told me about. Nobody fucking warned me that in your late 20s you have essentially a midlife crisis, Right. Because you're mm-hmm. old, you're yep. <laughs> you're crisis, old yep. enough to realize you have no fucking clue what you're doing, and you're aware of it, and then you panic because like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What the hell? But what I always tell people that are in that space, like my wife has friends that are in that space right now, and now me being 33, I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Because when you hit like 31, 32, you are fully aware that you have no fucking idea what you're doing, and you just don't care about it anymore. You're like. Yeah, you just yeah, pretty much. Out. Like, I'm going to mindlessly, blindly stumble my way through life, and I'll figure stuff out as it comes up. You know, you become a lot more comfortable with your own bullshit, and I think that that is the key to having your glow up. Like, embrace your bullshit. Absolutely. Embrace the stuff that you have no fucking idea what you're doing, be cool with it, and then everything falls into place from there. Life mm-hmm. advice with Kev. No, absolutely. Well, it, yeah. that's what I said. Like, it, I mean, it's hard to judge anything by the capsule of what it is. Like, yeah. life's never going to, even next year, it's not going to be what it is now. And so just imagine five years, ten years. Like, that, that's why I always say, like, don't don't lock yourself into things. Yeah. Like, yeah. being the way they are just because of how things right. are now. Like, yeah. absolutely, you do come to some revelations and that changes your directions, but like that's going to happen again in a few yep. minutes if you give it some time. Yep. So like, yep. you know, you don't, don't get too set on anything. Yeah, we we were talking the other day. This is going to bring down the mood slightly, but um, I had a Never. slight revelation of the reason I don't have plans for my future as a 26-year-old person is because I didn't think I was going to make yeah. it this long. I was a teenager who was suicidal like i didn't i didn't plan this mm-hmm. far in advance i thought that i was gonna be dead by mm-hmm. 18 like so i'm kind of dealing with that now of like where is this going yeah. i don't know I'm fine like now that. now i've got to i like i've survived I yeah but that's kind of the cool thing <laughs> that's kind of the cool thing when you have no fucking idea where the shit's going it's kind of cool because like it's a way more interesting you're right right oh, yeah. like but then i think like what we what I know what I struggled with was like, um, whatever I did had to have been, had to have had some kind of significance. Right. So in my late teens, it was like, I got to be a musician and I got to be, my band's got to make it and I got to put music out and I got to be on stage. That's what I got to do. It says it's significant. It matters. And then it was like, then that morphed into the mania 
which got even weirder. It was like, I'm going to join the Navy. No, you're not. I'm going to be an astronaut. No, you're not. I'm going to work for the sheriff's department. The hell you say, you know, it went (laughs) into those things. And then it took me a long time to get comfortable with the fact that like, dude, what you do for a paycheck doesn't fucking matter. It's, like, because it's a, it's an, it's an, it's an, it's a uniquely American thing, isn't it? Like, you ask somebody what they do, the first thing they're going to tell you is what they mm-hmm. do for money, right? We're all guilty of it. Mm-hmm. We're, we've all done it. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to tell you like, oh, well, I do this. Like, no, like, how many of us, if someone asked that question, our first response is, oh, we have a podcast. Yeah, that never comes up until later in the conversation. We never identify Mm -hmm. ourselves by the things that matter to us. We identify ourselves by what we do for a fucking paycheck. And then it it gains this like huge importance in your life where like what you do for money has to have significance. Well, well, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's been like that since what, the 80s? Back when that might very well be when people's Mm -hmm. entire like life was based off of what job they had where. You know, you like that was your social status was your job. Sure. Where it's like, oh, you do this for a living. Oh, you're not very important. Or you. Oh, you do. You have this big, important job. Like, you're awesome. Yeah. It's a a lot of social circles. A lot of social circles were built that way. Sure. And there's like a weird American fascination with like the traditional definition of success. Right. Like wealth. There's a huge American fascination with wealth. Um, we deify hyper wealthy people and we, we, we put that as the box of success. Like success is, is measured by your wealth and influence. Whereas like, we don't measure success by like, how fucking happy are you? You know, like what do you do for fun? You know, is that successful? Are you having fun at it? You know, like being a podcaster, right? Are we Joe Rogan? No, we don't have millions of people listening to our crap. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, but we, we well, don't. I mean, but we, <laughs> we don't have millions of people listening to this shit. But there are people that vibe on it, and more importantly, we do this shit because we have fun. Yeah, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. By that metric, this is successful as fuck. You know? I mean, exactly. anchor no, anchor absolutely. statistics tell me otherwise, but they can go fuck themselves. Um, uh, anchor statistics <laughs> look great for us. What the hell are you talking? Well, about? for us, oh, yeah. for us, the bar is. We're like almost at Randy Newman. But you know what, though, for a non for a non political <laughs> podcast, I think we do well. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> every, every podcast to... these days yeah, never is political, political is successful. Well, it's, yeah, but I mean, it's it's also inescapable. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. If if you pick if you pick the right thing for the right audience, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna stick with something. But even that has its its due. It's only gonna be as interesting yeah. as as. It, it is like I mean, it's not going to last. No, it, yeah. I mean, we went from sex cells to feeling bad about yourself and others' cells. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's a weird landscape. It's a weird landscape to be a part of, man. I, 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 I don't know. I get. It took me a long time to get over the fact that like whatever I do for money has no bearing on who I am as a person. It's just a thing that I do to keep the fucking lights on. You know. Yeah. Um, you think I identify as a mechanic? Hell I mean, no. <laughs> It's just so weird because I don't know what the solution to that is, you know, and I don't know like how weird that would be in conversation if someone's like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I have a podcast because then the, the automatic thought is like, oh, you make money with that? Fuck no, 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 no. 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 Right, my, I could tell you what the, <laughs> yeah, I could tell you what the balance of the anchor thing is right now. It, it's, and it's less not than $10. Fit. It is exactly less than $10, you know, and, and then like 
but it, if you if you lead with what you do for fun, it doesn't carry the same significance because then you're looked at as like, ah, oh, it's probably just a layabout, right? It, it's so weird. It's so fucking weird, and it, it's a. I I don't know what the solution I, to that I is. I think you just got to do it. I think I think you just got to do it. I think I think everything changes. Like everything is a big deal, but like I, you don't have to change society. You just change what you how you interact with society. So I, like I think it's just one of those things where it's just like you like people make the choice to change the paradigm of how they identify right. themselves and just live that truth instead of, cause that, like that we, we, we talk ourselves out of so many things because we're like, well, I can't change right. everybody. So I'm not going to change anything. It's like, eh, like just, just work on you and um, identify yourself. Like you said, with, with things that make you right. happy, not necessarily things that make you right. money. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think my barometer for su- for success is like how tolerable is life. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah. Like, I mean, like, am I, <laughs> am I happy? Um, do I have right. fun? Um, do I surround myself with things that make me happy? Do I surround myself with people that make me happy? Like, whatever I've got in the checking account means jack shit. It means jack shit because you know you, that's the old saying: you lose it as fast as you get it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the thing that like again that goes back to the glow up thing like when you when you start to chip away at some of these fundamental things these and that you get down to the fundamental truths of yourself that's when you start really embracing the good shit and you start ignoring some of the bullshit you know you have animals doing no, shit absolutely. right now don't you yeah yeah don't yeah i figured he's trying to catch Aww. a fly Sorry. They're, very I'm telling you, we don't deserve them. We don't deserve them. No. We don't no. deserve them. Well, you talk about happiness. Pet, pet, pets are happy. Hell yeah. Yeah. That is I, sure. I, I pet my cat. That's what I do. I love the fact that dogs are just dopey toddlers that are just super stoked all the time. Like. Yeah. It, it, that, and that's the best descriptor for them. They're just toddlers eternally. Yeah. And they're just stoked about everything. Like everything. Like, I don't even greet people when they walk in my door with the same level of excitement <laughs> that my dog does, you know? Right. When an average person walks through my door, I'm just like, what's up? You know, my, up? my dog? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hi, you're in my space now. Welcome. Uh, but my dog is like, what's your name? Like, just all over them. <laughs> yes, and neither of you are wearing pants. True. True. I do not feel pressured to wear any article of clothing in my house, at all. You're my damn house. right. <laughs> I mean, well, let's exactly. just say the, the the neighbors have seen far more of me than they probably wish to see. Um, yeah, but then I. Oh no, no, because he works out in the garage wearing ranger panties, and he's got the garage door open. <laughs> I, what I like. I mean, I like fabric that breathes, and I would know so because me. I've seen him that way. <laughs> Yeah, it's like God yeah. damn it, Kevin. All I'm saying is that society regr- <laughs> regressed. Society regressed when we started having shorts that that touched the kneecap. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's better than a sarong, ain't it, Kevin? Crop tops for life, man. Like, <laughs> like crop tops and short shorts. That's exactly. that's that's eternal fashion. We failed as a society when men stopped wearing. Crop oh yeah. Tops. I I am fully invested in that. I'm back. not, because I wouldn't look good. I mean, it doesn't matter <laughs> it what doesn't you would matter. look like. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Like, <laughs> like I don't we know can reconnect. I mean, 
Right. I literally just a few days ago told one of my coworkers to order me a mesh crop top just for when I had to do work outside. Because that was what I would train. That was what I would change into, and like have the company logo on it. Because you know people are not going to not look at a dude wearing a mesh crop sh- crop top. It's. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna the, get the advertisement yeah. sells itself, man. You know. Yeah. You just stop. And yeah. Wave. Yeah. That's what hi. I do. That's what I do yeah. when people walk past the street and I'm like drenched in sweat, wearing silky shorts. I'm like, oh hi neighbor, how's it going? Death metal blaring in the background. <laughs> you know. I just right. like to be. I like to be courteous. Wearing your weightlifting belt. Yeah. I only wear the belt when I'm actually doing something. Wearing the belt. Okay, I'm sorry, but it's a universal sign that if you're walking around the gym wearing your weight belt and you're not actually lifting anything, amateur. That's an amateur move. You don't yeah. know what you're doing. You have imaginary. Exactly. <laughs> I've I've seen that though. I've seen that though. It's not. It's not a meme. It's not a meme. I have been to many a commercial gym where that is very prevalent. And I'm like, you know, you could actually just grow lats. You you could do that. Yeah. Like that's a thing you can do. You know. You too could be Henry sure. Cavill. Oh God, I wish. <laughs> I wish. God, like oh, that man right. is way too handsome. That's not normal. <laughs> not for a nerd. No, like it's no. just. Ridiculous. If there's any justice, that, I mean, he's got a micro penis. If there's any justice. <laughs> we had this exact same conversation. There's got to be something missing. Right? The last time we yeah. were on your podcast. No, oh, he's, I, he's stuck by his guns for these last four years. It's Nothing's changed. It's fair. If there's I mean, any fucking justice in this world. It's like Hugh Jackman, right? <laughs> it's like Hugh Jackman. Justice. You shouldn't look that good, be able to sing, be able to act. But he's super short. That doesn't matter. He is. No, he's No. No, he's not. He's not that tall. I remember him. Yeah. Does he's, he's like he's Kevin's size? I thought he is not five foot seven. He's not five foot seven. I remember him no. being short as hell. No, because I'm basically. Are you thinking of when he cosplayed as Wolverine Maybe. that one time? Yeah. See, I was closer. <laughs> it was just so convincing, yeah. Kevin. I was closer to an actual Wolverine than Hugh Jackman is, because that's that's the hill. Six yeah, two. See, oh, see wow. that's the hill I'm I dying on. I remember on. him being super short. I don't know why. No, this is the hill. I think you're thinking of Wolverine. I I don't even think of Wolverine as short. I don't care about the height of a superhero. That's thanks to Hugh Jackman. Speaking (laughs) of the Misfits, we did like an hour ago. um, Glenn Danzig was in the running to be Wolverine. And then he screwed it up by using the F-slur. That is a stone Oh, wow. I mean, like, like, like. He went to, uh, what's it called? San Francisco. Let's see. Think, thinking, thinking yeah, about look. Wolverine as being short, I just imagine like if he ever had to kiss Jean Grey, he'd have to get on his tippy toes. But that's kind of the cool thing. He absolutely would. Like that's the <laughs> hill I'm dying on. When they when they yeah, cast cool. another Wolverine, he has got to be a short motherfucker. Like it's gonna be Tom Hardy. I will volunteer I mean, to be Wolverine. If they're looking, if they're I'm available, guys. <laughs> hey, I was. Just, just send them your pics, and, and I'm sure you're best. Send them the video of you on the stripper pole. I, too, I too was in a seventh grade theater music, theater production. I have acting experience. I can, no, don't cast me. Don't cast me. Ryan Singer, you can trust me with X-Men 17. <laughs> oh, my God. There's too many of those dang movies. Oh, I love it, though. Old Man Logan was great. That's true. I mean, he was wholesome need... as fuck. Last good X-Men movie. Well, holy shit. We've been going at it for like two and a half hours. Uh, two hours, seven minutes. 
I think we've just been having yeah, a conversation. I love it, though. I love it, though. That's the best I podcast. I love it, though, man. Like, ah. Like, there's... Started with butt cream and it with... Right? Well, because, like, there's a... <laughs> same, same thread. Full same circle. Thread. There's a... <laughs> there's a thing, like, you know, with, with podcasts. Like, you, there are things that remind you why you fucking do this shit. And, like, this is one of those things that reminds me why I do this shit. Because we, we get to fucking have really cool conversations with really cool people. Right? Like, Absolutely. that's one of the things that, like, reminds me, like, this is why we're still doing it. This is why we never gave up on this crap. Because, like, this, this, it's, the, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm fucking stoked on it. I'm fucking stoked. Thank you, guys. No, yeah, we, we, t- we, we, we put that in every podcast where we're like, it's the people that make it. I mean, you know, the people that listen, the interactions, the weird Twitter threads and, and all of that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, if you're not doing it for the people, the community and the relationships, I mean. You're not doing then, it, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Absolutely. Right. So, well, thank you guys. Thank you yeah. guys. So thanks for no, having thank us. you, man. Thank oh, you for yeah. coming oh. on. So uh, awesome. while we try to land this bird, where where can oh, okay, we got we got to do the standard podcast <laughs> plug your stuff, right? <laughs> so, uh, hey guys, where can right. everyone find you? <laughs> uh, ev- everywhere. Uh, actually, if you turn around now, I'm there. No, I'm already there. Right. Um, no, yeah, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, if anybody actually still uses that for podcast stuff for some reason. Uh, if you just search Nerd Herder Cast or The Nerd Herder Cast, you'll find us uh, on most places. Uh, and then all of our profiles in our bio have a link tree for all the other important stuff, like our Anchor, YouTube, Apple, um, all those important links uh, are dog. there. Uh, some pictures that's of for people. Uh, yeah, he does that's what we come for. As, as, as he did this episode. Yeah, yeah. come, come for the nerds. That's right. Boba. Um, but yeah, so we're a little bit of everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, appreciate the opportunity to come on and just chit chat. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Because oh, again, sit down and talk. As we progress in this, it's gonna, it's, it's just gonna be less and less any actual subject matter and just hanging with friends, <laughs> which uh, I'm cool uh, with. I still can't right. listen to the first like four podcasts we did. No. Back when we had a entrance theme for every different subject, we had six we different really, subjects. Every really episode was filled. four and a half hours long. Yeah, that awkward podcast yeah. phase. Yeah, yeah, no, been there. Be oh yeah, you know we right. gotta we gotta make a splash. But then I realized something, right? Because I see other people's podcasts, like you know, like a uh, good good one is uh, Force Connect. I was just in their live stream last night. They're great, right? And they have all these cool segues and cutscenes and stuff, and it's so cool. Like the Bomb Bad guys do the same thing, and I'm like, I could never do that. But I'm glad this. I'm glad someone exists in this space that can do that because I can't fucking yeah. pull that off. Right? I can appreciate absolutely, your gifting. and yeah. it's all their personalities. Absolutely. Like they're that's just what it's like to talk to them. Right. In real life. And, um, I, and I, yeah, that's what I respect the most is like when you are the same person on your show that you are in real life. Like that's that's the cool stuff. Yeah. Because like. Jackson is actually a giant. Root, that's root perfect. Rabbit. That's perfect. I mean, it's a it's a kid. That's a what I love most about it, though, because like, I mean, at its best, at its best podcasting is people being able to share their stories. Right. Like this is this is yeah. our story. Yeah. And the more authentic they are, the better it is. Right. Like, that's just because you can spot yeah. the shows that are really authentic people like you guys have a fucking really authentic show. You know, it's Aww. true. It's true. You know, and that's that's the shit that sticks around because it 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 is. It's honest at the end of the day. Same with music. Like, you know, the bands that are in it to, to, to do the honest work. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'm rambling. And we need to fucking land this bird. <laughs> so Brad, where can they find you? Uh, me on Twitter, finally, at Intrepid Co-host. Uh, I'm on the Force Losers Facebook page. 
Uh, and I'm on Xbox, Grenadier117. Yeah, I still have an Xbox. Look at me. I get to play games. <laughs> mine has a red yeah, ring. Mine died here. like two yeah. years ago, and I still oh. haven't replaced it. Um, get I, get an I'm X mu- and get a one X. Much like, much like, much like oh. Smaug, I do not like to be separated from a single gold coin. Um, I will not give mm. up a single one of them. So the the Xbox needs you to have happen. to first collect yeah, that's why the gold I still have coins. True. You're really <laughs> bad at that. That's why I still have oh, my first you know, place. That's, that's a good point. Speaking yeah. of which, you could find me on OnlyFans. I wish. No. No. <laughs> Watch my workout videos on it, OnlyFans. It's, it would it's work. somebody's not, thing, Kevin. It would work. <laughs> there's, a market, there's a market for everything, <laughs> yeah. so it's not yet true, but there inevitable. Um, <laughs> anyway, so you guys could find me uh, on the Twitters at Force underscore Losers. If you're interacting with the Force Losers podcast on Twitter, you have the distinct displeasure of interacting with this guy. Um, I'm also on the Instagrams at uh, HeavyKevyHKT. It's just training footage. So if you're into a whole it's lot essentially of skin, the free OnlyFans. Yeah, it's the yeah. it's the safe for work OnlyFans. It's the yeah. teaser. Uh, and then you can find the podcast. Well, if you found the podcast, you're fucking listening to it right now. So I, I shouldn't have to tell you how well, to I mean, find this since, fucking since podcast. Since we've gotten on Anchor, it's pretty much everywhere. It's a redundant thing that we have to do. Everybody's like, you can find it on Spotify and Google Play. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you fucking already found it. You're listening to it right now, you dink. You found yeah. it somehow. Yeah, yeah. why do I have to? T- the real podcast was the Friends of Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Now, as you, you guys have been on before, so you know how we end the show. Okay. So, ready? We're going to do it on the count of three. Ready? With a later bitches. And a wanna, and a tua, and a threea. Later, later bitches! Later bitches. <laughs> that was awkward. It has and to awesome. be. It's got to be awkward.